Yeah, let's roll, baby. It is football season from now, Eric Gunn, until February, and I couldn't be more excited. Welcome in Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. All right, Derek, before we get to it. Yes. I only bust this shirt out on rare occasions. You will see it. Generally, you see it two times per year, but I made a special, you know, there's special dispensation for today. okay? Okay. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Oh, sweet. Do you see where I'm coming from here? This yes. is old school. Sweet. What the key Eagles are going to do to the Cowboys this year. I rarely bust this bad boy out, but I figured, you know what? It's football season now. We can officially say it. And why not? Let's go, man. It is it is it is time to rock and roll. How you doing, my man? Man, Rob, Rob's bringing out the swag today, baby. <laughs> Oh, I like that, man. I'm excited. I'm, gonna... I'm like a kid in a, in, in, a, in a candy store today, Derek. Come on, man. Pump, pump the brakes, man. No. It's only, che- it's only check-in day, dude. No, no. Pump, full, pump speed. Brakes, full, full speed. Full speed. Full speed. Yeah. Full Come on, speed. man. We got training camp, 17 games, playoffs to go. You got to pump the brakes, man. I, Come I'm on. Right, I can't do it, man. Maybe later I will, but right now I want I want to live in the moment. And I thank you, everybody, for the nice T-shirt. Tavern Mike, Chris D, Anthony, Crucian74, Adam, M. Reyes, Philly, Anthony, what's up, everybody? Yeah, hey, you know what? Chris D was the first one to check in this morning. Now, keep in mind, she's six hours behind us, right? Six a.m. She's checking so in, so she's up at six a.m. Who in yeah. the right mind is up at six a.m.? She's out there. Chris is a machine, man. She she's doing her thing out there. Look, you know what I mean? I ain't getting up that early unless I'm catching a flight or going fishing, bro. You, you I can't can do see it. it in, in Chris's. I'll just show you in Chris's profile pic. Yeah, you can tell she's not playing games, man. Chris is is ready to roll. I ain't, I ain't messing with it. That's uh-uh. for sure. Uh uh-uh. uh. Chris will be our yeah. bouncer w- when she comes back into town. Yeah, there. man. She, yeah. She will, she will. Uh, you know, got she's got her back, man. And, and we Chief mean Petuna, that in a positive Jeremiah. way. Positive in a way. good way. Yeah, that's yeah. A good. You way. got we got to be careful what we say nowadays in this social media world we live in because yeah. everybody blows stuff out. You know, people have no lives, so people blow stuff out of the water, man. So <laughs> got to be careful nowadays what we say and how we word things. I hear you, man. I hear you. T Fortuna in the house. What's up? What's up? Uh, so today, big one today, man. Big one. Uh, Baldy, Brian Baldinger. We haven't had Baldy on, I think, since the first week of the program, Derek. And Baldy's going to be joining us at 2 o'clock. We're looking forward to hanging out with Baldy for a little bit. Get his take on the birds. And the beauty of Baldy is we just jump around the league, you know, with Baldy. We'll hit hit everything, man. We will cover it all. And then our own guy from jacobsports.com, of course, Birds 365, John McMullen, is hopping on at 1230. So we're not playing around right. today. Today is right, football right. day, my man. We're ready to roll. So hey, you, see what, you, see what, you see what Chris D says? I have six jobs, D-Gun. One of my jobs is bouncing the front door of a club out here. Really? I believe it. Hey, Chris, you ever have to Chris. throw anybody out? You ever, you ever physically have to throw anybody out? You know, like uh, put I, them in a headlock or, you know, bodies of diamond cutter? Like, 
Diamond you know, like cutter. That, oh, the diamond cutter. Remember that? The yeah. power, the pile driver. What was you know uh what uh what was Sergeant Slaughter's move? The uh oh god. They'll help me out in the chat section. Sergeant Slaughter used to have a move. The the, co- the Cobra Clutch is what oh, it that, was. No, that was uh that was the Sergeant Slaughter. It was somebody else who started that one. Oh, I thought uh, that my, was Slaughter. Okay. My favorite one is the figure four leg lock. Man, that, that thing hurt, one. man. I put that on my cousin one time, and he reversed it on me, man. I was like, Ooh. please, stop. Ooh. I was just playing. Stop, please. Wait, you know how to do that? You know how to do the uh, figure four leg lock? Oh, yeah. That was okay. my signature move, man. Yes. Were you a wrestler back in the day? Heck, no. I just like watching the old pro wrestling, man. Oh, okay. I, I perfected it. That figure four leg lock? I'm like, this stuff don't work. Okay. And I put that leg lock on. Oh, man, that thing hurts, man. I'm yeah, telling I you. Don't- I believe it. Look, the thing is, I had buddies who were wrestlers. I wasn't a wrestler, but I had buddies who were wrestlers, you know, when I was growing up. And those guys were unbelievable in fights because even if the dude they were going against was yeah. a badass, they yep. could get him in a hold and just exhaust the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and survive yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty good the, stuff. So The yeah. Cobra Clutch. Oh, here's one. The Camel Clutch. I remember that one also. I thought it was the Cobra Clutch, but okay. It was a Cobra Clutch. It was okay. also. Okay. See, we go back for what does Chris say? Basically, I stopped drunks from coming in. I've helped the big bouncers throw people out. I'm up to I'm up at six a.m. because I have to open the she gym. Today. The gym today, yeah. Chris, Chris, jeez, he's on the move, man. Does she ever sleep? Six job bouncer, man. God bless her. Jeez, God bless her. It's awesome. No, but it's uh, it's an exciting day, and I, I look, I get what you're saying. Pace yourself and all that kind of stuff. They so the way it works today, Derek. They. Go into the for their physicals, you know, make sure everything's good to go. Okay. They have a team meeting at six tonight. The physicals go from like nine to six because they got to, right, you know, right. there's a lot got of guys. 90 players, man. There's a yeah. lot of guys, right, in and out. So they have their meeting at six. Tomorrow is when they're actually on the field and, you know, doing actual sort of training camp stuff. Like, not like we used to see, but what it is now. Dude, it's, it's been a long time since I've heard this kind of enthusiasm in your voice. Yes. I mean, you're like the kid on Christmas morning, man, opening all your gifts. I thought, you know what? I got to make it. I got to make it <clears throat> special. That's why I busted again, busted the shirt out. Little Eagle Cowboy reminder of right, what it is. Right. But and I, I also just, I mean, I've been doing this all summer, but I just dove into so much football. A lot of Eagles, obviously, but right, just right, a lot of right. football stuff in general. And it just got me, it got me pumped, man. I mean, we're, we're in a cool time of year because fortunately the Phillies are still interesting at least. Okay. And in a playoff hunt. I told you they would be. I told right, you to right. I told I, you to keep the faith. You have been, you wouldn't listen to me. Did you feel real good about that last night until Stein nah, that home dude, run? Okay, let's you, be when, honest. When Camargo threw that ball away, I'm thinking this game's over. Oh it my was god. Three, two runs score in that air. I'm like, this game's over. Yeah, there you was know? a lot. We'll get to the Phillies later, but there yeah. was a lot that went on that game. Yeah, I was like, cook. But the beauty of the decent baseball team slash good baseball team, and then the football team converging is you got a lot going on and we're in a nice little, you know, sweet spot right now. Oh, wait until we hit September when you got the Eagles, baseball, the Flyers. Yeah. And the Sixers all roll into one. Yeah. That piece of fall is awesome. What? It's awesome. What? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Oh my goodness, dude. So what we're going to do, just so you know, um, just amazing wall-to-wall coverage on our channel. And if you if you haven't been to it, and first of all, we appreciate everybody who hangs with us. But I'm telling you, man, if you need your fix, we got you all day long. Birds 365 at 8 a.m. We got we got a show coming for you that's going to be unreal coming up at 10 o'clock starting August 29th. Okay. 
We got us. We got Dan Cilio. But we're, we're, that's not even it, man. We got so much more going on. We got the football playbook. I, I mean, sports, all kinds of unbelievable stuff. So the National Football Show training camp, football 24-7, all new programming in the fall, the football playbook, as I mentioned today, in the NFC East, sports tonight, all kinds of great stuff. And if you're if you're not checking out jacobsports.com, you're missing a lot because there's some unbelievable stuff on there. And you got the, the depth the, articles, the Bears alternate uniforms and uni- alternate helmets. We had a discussion in a pre-show meeting. I'm going to get the opinion of our. All right, our let's chat let's, room let's here. go for it now. You want to do it now? You're not going to save it. You want to yeah, do, do it now? You want to do okay. it now? Yeah, what the heck? Why not? All right, we'll get people's take on this because we're split. We're you. You and I are usually in alignment with the uniforms. We yes. love the Bengals yes. and the with the white, uh, the Panthers with the black. You know, whatever. Oh, sweet, yeah, have been unreal. Um. This one, eh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, we'll Let's have see it if Xander can pull it up for us here in a minute. Yeah. We'll have it for you in a little <clears throat> bit. But you, we know the NFL is going to these alternate uh, uniforms basically for like three games. Well, uh, only only 14 teams will have the alternate this year. Okay, 14 altogether. Eagles yep. are one yep. of them, by the way. Yep. Eagles are one yep. of them, yes. Yeah. So, um, all right, we have them now. Here you go. Here we go. So all right, Pete. What do you here's think, what I, I don't dig the orange, Derek, for, simply for this <clears throat> reason. I think it's too Cincinnati-ish. Uh, okay. I, I don't disagree there, but I like that helmet. I love the helmet, that orange helmet with the C, but you're right. The Jersey, eh, I'm not too big. I'm not too big on that orange Jersey. I thought, you know, there was another one that somebody put out on Twitter that showed a bear's white helmet with the C. The white helmet was popping. That would be cool. I love See, the white helmet with this. But if you went orange- white with the orange Jersey top with the white pants, I think that would be a, a good look. Ah, the white that, helmet, blue C for Chicago, right? Ah, Whatever that color is, the Bears wear. Yeah, or is it is that black more? It's more blue, right? Than black. More, I think it's. I thought it was more black. Maybe it's navy blue. Navy. Well, blue. Whatever that. Whatever yeah. their trim is. So I would go with that with the blue, and then into the into the white pants. Tavern Mike said, "Is that Clemson? Good call. It does look like Clemson." Yeah, you, you know, know what? Yeah, Tamar Mike's right. I, I I agree with that. I like I like I said I like the helmet. I just don't like the jersey. Yeah, I like the helmet though. I, I, I can you. roll. I can roll with that helmet. So, um, like I mentioned, really excited for this season. Did you see what, what AJ Brown did? He was in the Eagles Pro Shop yesterday. Yeah, man, that was this, cool. This was pretty cool, man. He so he he saw a bunch of kids in there, and I guess they were they were near the rack where his uh, jerseys. He's wearing eleven. For people who don't know, that was the number he wore in Tennessee. It's Carson Wentz old you so if you see the 11s it's not new 11 jerseys not Carson Wentz we have it okay don't say that you can't say that word in Philly anymore I know but AJ AJ actually you know bought these kids his all the see the three kids behind him at the pro shop he bought those guys his his jersey that's pretty cool what's up Eagle fans I stopped by the pro shop and I wanted to bless some of the Eagle fans and hooked everybody up in the store with an AJ Brown jersey so I appreciate y'all. Y'all showing love, so I want to show love to the back to the fans, man. Go Bags. Go Bird. Go Very nice. Very see, nice, man. That, see, that's cool. See, he's already a fan favorite because the Eagles got him. Yes. But that only increases his likability with his fan base, man. You know, that's pretty cool. You walk in the store, people shopping. Hey, man, that's A.J. Brown. Dude's buying jerseys for people, man. That's cool. Yeah, just, when you're a kid like that, just seeing him in and of itself is like, oh my god, you're freaked out, right? And then yeah. he buys you a jersey on top of it, man. What? Those kids will be sleeping. And if I aren't you like that as a kid, I would sleep in that stuff. Oh it my would, goodness, uh, forget. Man, you know, you know how much, uh, you know how much those jerseys are. 
Oh, they're they're they are the, the authentic ones, like the re yeah, they are not now, cheap. Yeah, man. you know, we don't know if that was a replica or authentic, but still the fact that he bought all these kids jerseys, yeah, really. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's you know? cool, man. If, that, if you're in a position to be able to do that kind of stuff, and it, it, look, and obviously there's so much stuff that we don't even know that these guys do behind the scenes for charity and taking helping people and all that kind of stuff. There's tons of it. Unfortunately, we only hear bad stuff usually. But if no, you're you, in a you only hear the bad stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get material for our show, man. So, yes. <laughs> but my point is, like, you know, if you're in a position to be able to, to do that kind of stuff, that's cool, man. To, to to reach out to the to the people like that, and you got fans for life, man. No matter what. Yeah, man. You know, um, yeah, people people are already jacked up that he's in an Eagles uniform, man. And uh, what what that's great self marketing, also. Yeah. You know, you think about it. You know, what's this? Look at Gunner racking the Jacob Sports. Uh, yeah, great. Dude, you know, that's I'm, a tweet you know, lid. It's a I'm, tweet I'm, lid. I got to give a shout out to Xander, our producer he Xander, because up. because for months we had been riding him about getting us some you know Jacob Media swag, right? And uh, he kept saying, I'm going to come through. I'm going to come through, uh, you know. And, I, you know, I'm like, oh, Xander, I'm calling you bluff. And sure enough, July 1st, when we did that show over at Ocean Casino. At the gallery, we opened he, up the sports book. That's right. Yeah. Here comes Xander, you know, with, with Christmas gifts, man, T-shirts, polo shirts, lids. Yeah, so I said, you know what? I got to I, I gotta do what's I got to do. I got to be righteous about this and do what's right. Give Xander his due props. I mean, you know, he said, D-Gun, you don't have to give me props. Said, yes, I do, man. You know, we rode you hard, Xander, about giving us some Jacob Media swag. We didn't think you'd come through. You, 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 we, we did get on him. Yeah, you got, got on him, him especially hard, but he, t- he came through. Well, wh- he why, came you, through. Why, why you keep my name out of your mouth? And may- maybe, maybe he, if we he, ever see Barrett again, he'll maybe he'll be wearing some of the gear. Who? <laughs> who? Bar- that Barrett. our, our, our who? third, uh, our, our threesome, the guy who's part of our uh, threesome Wait, here. He's still on the show. I guess. I haven't, seen him in, I haven't seen him in months. Something, so a birdie told me we might see him tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if my sources are correct. You have you're the source guy, so I don't. It's, it's, I'm just Wait, hearing things. Barrett Brooks is still a part of this show. Will we recognize him if he if when he's on? I'm not I don't sure know, man. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it might be tough. I may have to. I may have to address him as Mr. Brooks until we break the ice again. Or just, uh, could you familiar? Who are you again? When yeah, some, I mean, some guy pops up there. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, so he should be back. But I, I got to tell you though, I, I'm I get excited every year for football. I love football, and I, I told you one of the things I love about football. One of my favorite things is the fact that it's only played once a week. You get half a week of the look back, half a week of the look ahead, and I think it really just builds, right? It's like a big, big buildup as opposed yeah, to every yeah. every night or every other night like basketball and hockey and baseball is. That's what to me separates in a big way the NFL from other sports. You know, unless you're a fan of the Houston Texans, then every week is dreary. <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah, you, know, you say, look, Adam's exploits. Mama Brooks is here more than Barry. Dang! That's true. It, that's not incorrect. Uh, wow. Yes, yes. We love. We're on haymakers out of we, the we, gate. We tease because we love. That's for sure. But wow. Yeah, I mean, if we can't if we can't joke around, and have fun. Why are we doing this? Yes. You know yes. Agreed. Agreed. You know. That's what we do. But that's one of the things I love about just football in general. But Derek, mm-hmm. on top of that, there is, I, I think legitimate, I know in everybody's default is all oh, the dream team. I get it. I know how that worked out. Okay. Don't but, mention that word in Philly. I, I know do it. it hurts Stephen coming at him. Oh, dream team. Yeah. But, but here's my point the, with the, the moves that they made, which are pretty significant moves. I'm talking, you know, like a legitimate pass rusher in Reddick, make the trade draft night to get AJ Brown. 
some of the other, I'm just, I'm not even mentioning all of them. Uh, Kaiser White, Bradbury, et cetera. There's, they've made a lot of really significant, not lower level, you know, backup third string left guard kind of moves. Right, and I right, think, right. you know, as someone who covers a team fan, whatever, I think you have every right to be excited about that because your team went out there and was very, let's face it, Howie was very aggressive this offseason. For, for a very knowledgeable and passionate fan base, they understood the deficiencies as well as we did as they look back on their team last year. And they all knew the Eagles needed to get better in certain areas. Um, you know, the move for A.J. Brown comes from out of left field. That's what Howie does, wheel and deal. So now you've significantly upgraded the pass-catching part of your game. We have been screaming forever. What would they do to replace Steve Nelson to uh, compliment Darius Slay? You know, out of nowhere, they go and get a James Bradbury. Um, what were they going to do to make the D-line better? They draft a, 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 an 18-wheeler on two legs and Jordan Davis. <laughs> they get better at linebacker, bringing in Kazir White. Uh, they get even better in terms of pass rushing with Hassan Reddick. You know, so they addressed all of their deficiencies. Well, let's see all of them. Yeah, I'd say a good they, amount. They I mean, just, you know, could you argue safety? Yeah, but you're not going to fix everything. Well, they brought Tart, and then you know, Tart, Tart was a good player for the 49ers. True. But you know, why did the 49ers let him go? Was it was it money reasons? Was it because they felt he wasn't what they needed that position anymore? They're the things you, you know, always ask yourself. Yeah, when yeah, you know, but yeah. but they addressed areas. They addressed the safety. We'll see if that plays out. They addressed the cornerback. They addressed the linebacking core. Pass rushing. They address the the, the the wide receiver. I mean, they, they basically addressed everything you need. If, if the front-line guys stay healthy, it's going to be an interesting season. You know, you yeah. just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope everybody finishes what, what they start. But, you know, on, on the surface, they did a really good job. You got to give Howie his kudos, man. He did a really good job addressing area of need for this team. Yeah, and, and in a big way, right? And – you know, I think we went in realizing they were in better cap shape than they were the year before. They were really hamstrung. Right, right, um, right. But, you know, that's the one thing about him. Even if you – even if it looks like they're okay cap-wise, he right. figures out ways to get it done. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I this mean, it's man, his greatest strength. He's the best in the business in terms of wheeling and dealing and moving money around and getting what he needs for this team. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people are – up and down on how he day to day, week to week, and he understands that it's an, it's, it's it's the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. It's part of the job description. You know, you loved one minute, you despise the next minute. Goes yeah. with the territory. But right. how he how he never stands still. How he always is out there wheeling and dealing. He's on the phones making moves to make this product better. You know, um, I think the worst team, thing this team said was we are the new standard when they won that Super Bowl. Because it didn't happen. You know, it hasn't happened since then. But the bottom line is, Howie and those guys found a way to get them that Super Bowl, man. Yeah. You look at all the moves they made in 2017, players they kept bringing in, and players falling by the wayside, and you're thinking, this is it. It's going to be a short run. Oh, no. It was a Cinderella season. It was magical. And now he's trying to build that thing again. So I'm interested in seeing how it all comes together, how quickly it comes together, and if they are the team, we hope that they are. You know, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that, you know, and every discussion and we'll certainly get to run through it today. I know all roads lead back to Jalen Hurts. I get it. But, you know, for a team that did what didn't have any pass rush last year and where they were, I think it killed them in a lot of ways last year. Right. Right. 
really desperately needed another really good receiver and a guy who can teach Devontae Smith and and give him his, his experience, even though he's only been around three years. Right, That's right. three years, you know, two more years at least than Devontae has. He's also got a very good chemistry with the quarterback, by the way. Uh, so you bring those, just those kind of impact players in, to me, just right there, I'm not saying it would have been enough, but like I would have gotten if everything else after that was sort of, you know, middling. But there were still also aggressive moves. Like Kaiser White is a really under the radar good player. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and a guy who also is going to be playing Derek with a chip on his shoulder. He's on a one year deal. Uh, he He's going to want to get paid. You have a bunch of those kind of players too, like Fletcher Cox, like Javon Hargrave, like Kaiser White, Bradbury. Uh, Bradbury on that side of the ball who have a lot to play for, man. Absolutely. They're, they're not locked up with these huge contracts. Motivation is the key for this team. And you're right. You have so many players. What's Brandon Graham's status beyond 2022 of this team? Can he hold up for the entire season coming off a major injury like that? You know, uh, Devontae Smith is committed to taking this game to the next level. Miles Sanders playing for a contract year. You know, you have so many storylines. It's like days of our lives. This team is like – this team's like days of our lives. There's so many storylines uh, day-to-day that we can discuss about this team. You know, um, I, I, I'm excited, you know, and everybody, you know, keeps honing in on the quarterback situation. And rightfully so, you know, because that's that's where that's where the engine is 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 uh, moved by. The quarterback moves the engine, so to speak. It is the catalyst of this entire engine, in a lot of ways. And he understands that, you know, Jalen Hurts. He understands uh, what his job description is and what he needs to do. So now we just sit back and we wait and we find out. You know, again, I know you're excited about training camp. But I am. Next week, Rob, the month of August is here. And it means my summer's coming to a close. That means you got about a month. You got about four weeks to, you know, get it all in, man. Hey, look, man. Look, look. I need my warm weather, Rob. I'm gonna be by by November. I don't do I don't do well with cold weather, brother. I'm just I'm I just know. Paying. But at least you have football to to get you through. <clears throat> yeah, you do. Yes. So you that do. that's the hardest part. The hardest part is once the Super Bowl's over. Yep the reality that there's no football and I got to deal with like three more months of freezing weather. That is well, to swallow. Well, yes. And you know, yes and no, because see, when I was a kid, when a football season ended, it was over. See, but see now football's year round. I mean, yeah, good point. Free agency. The, the free agency is a big spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, the draft has become a, a big spectacle moving from city to city now. Um, and th- hundreds and thousands of people converging now. You have the opportunity to converge and make a vacation weekend out of it. You know, so football is now year is year round. It's not like it used to be, you know. But you're right, man. Once football is over, that second week of February, then you got about six more weeks of iffy weather before April gets here. The birds are singing and the sun is shining again, and Degon can get back to fishing again. You know, uh, so. Well- I think that you know the weird the funny thing about this time of year is you go through stages, right? The first yep. stage is yep. like is today. Okay. Uh they're they back, they report it. You kind of get a second stage tomorrow when they're actually on the field and you get to see some at least guys in pads, right? Yeah. Then then it's and it's changed a lot, but then it's the first preseason game. Okay. Then it's roster cutdowns. Then we get to the stage where and you know how painful this one is, Derek. After yep. the last preseason game, yep. before the first real game, that it's usually like 10 days is yep. torture. It's yep. pure torture as you wait. 
But once you finally get there, man, it is on. It is on. See, I don't look at it as torture, Rob, because unlike you, I have many things that keep me occupied between then and the first game. See, see, Barrett and I are trying to expand your your hobbies, your <laughs> things to do, other than reading newspapers and being on the internet. And I mean, you know, kudos, I give you props, man. Nobody's a better Philadelphia historian than you are. But see, you get all wound up, you know, it's because you feel you have nothing to do. I do you get need wound an outlet. Up. You need to learn how to like rebuild engines, <laughs> maybe, maybe paint a room, you know, go paint a room, you know. Redesign your home. Um, so today, I, I uh, give me, uh, today. Yeah, I had a a blockage in the uh, in the bathtub. Okay, the water wasn't going. It wasn't a major thing. The water wasn't going down. Plunge that bad boy. Okay, all right. All right. That's Clear about the. A, that's about a five minute job. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I actually just did it at like, you know, eleven forty five, but I got it done. So I cleared the blockage. Okay. Little uh, extra strength. Uh, liquid Drano. You, got, you gotta stop. You gotta stop blocking up the toilet, man. You gotta stop this. No, man. This one wasn't the toilet. It was the. Big, okay. It was the. Uh, the oh toilet. my bad. My bad. <laughs> I my have bad. done. I have done the toilet. I want to know. I want to know about that. No, 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 that's too much information. If I can give one piece that. of advice, yeah. single ply toilet paper, not double oh, ply. Oh heck no. No double single. ply is the way to go, man. Yes, because th then you avoid all kinds of issues, man. No, man. Yeah, hey, look, you gotta take care of the body, bro. Charmin double ply, brother's the best. You you talk about single ply, you might as well use sandpaper, dude. I'm serious, man. What's I hear wrong you, with man. you. See, I that's the you. problem. You don't know these little things in life because you you have such tunnel vision. I do. See, yeah, you, you, my dad was handy, man, and he tried to teach me. I just, man, I make things worse. I just destroy projects. It just gets worse. It's dude, it's, it's tough. Dude, take up, take up. I don't Should know, I become man. like a bird watcher or like a, 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 a an fishing, arbor? Fishing, fishing? hunting, okay. grilling. Um, you don't want me, me near a gun. So maybe grilling would, would work better for me. Dude, yeah. um, dude we got we, we to expand, we gotta expand your hobbies, man. I, Something's I, wrong, dude. I agree. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Wow. All right. So let's do this. Uh, we got John McMullen coming up next. Jay Mack from uh, Jacob Sports Birds 365 with Jody Mack every morning. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, on before us, early morning, get your birds fixed. So he's coming up next, Brian Baldinger at 2 o'clock. Baldy, we will go all over. One of the things I can't wait to talk to Baldy about, Derek. Yeah. You see this clause in Kyler Murray's deal? Yeah. Are, are they trying to tell us that he didn't study before? Like, what the heck is if, that? If, if he is that guy, what are you doing giving him that kind of money? I, I, dude, I, I don't get it. I don't get I it. I don't get it. You know? Yeah. So, all right, we'll do – we'll hit that – uh, we come back, we'll talk to J-Mac about everything Eagles, what training camp's going to look like, who makes the team, who doesn't, uh, you know, wh where, what areas, could there be some competition, et cetera. There's a lot to do when we get back, so don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett's off today. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports so, YouTube peeps. Network. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, so knowing about finances, okay, you know it's scary because you work your tail off and you, you want your money – to work for you, okay? And you want to be set later in life as well. There's a lot of different ways that you could go with this thing and you want to make sure that you get it right. I found the right person for me and I'm telling you, you will be thrilled as well. His name's Jim Murray from Principal Financial Group. And whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you may have a small business and you're trying to figure out how do I set up my employee benefits? He can help you with that. And there are, there are other aspects that you're just not really sure about. 
he can consult with you and get you on the right path, just like he did with me. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be happier. Here's how you reach him. 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. Or you can email him as well, murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back in, everybody. Happy football day, one and all. We are Sports Take. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis Barrett off. I'm going to say on assignment today, okay? I don't know if he's on any kind of assignment, but I'm just going to say it. You're muted. Now you now you really are Barrett, okay? Come on, Derek. Dang. Barrett's in man. a witness protection program, man. Is that man. what it is? Yeah, okay. man. I just texted him. I said, hey, Barney, uh, Buford, um, I forgot your name. Um, um, are you still a part of this show? Because I can't remember. And he said... He said, yep, today's my last day of freedom. I'm back. I said, are you sure? Because I, it's hard to tell. We're going to so, bust him out tomorrow, whether so he, he claims, likes it or not. Yeah, he yes. claims he's back tomorrow. I don't trust anything right. he says. Well, you're going to but... have to tune in to find out. And, yeah. and you know what else? Each and every day, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, our next guest does a great job with Jody Mack on Birds 365. You can also check out his work, jacobsports.com. Does an excellent job covering, covering the birds in the NFL for Jacob Sports Network. John McMullen. What's up, John? What's what's up? Good to see you guys. It's what's going on, man? John, no, it's all good. No it's it's the first day. It's, it's the bloom, man. It's the blossom of yeah, football. How about season. that? I love it. Yeah. Christmas hey. Eve. Hey, John, yes, do, you miss, do you miss the days of standing outside the dorms and watching players taking all their expensive toys while we're yeah. out there in the sweltering heat, 150 degrees? Do you miss those moments, John? I do not, Derek. I do Thank not. Uh, but, you know, it's a new world. I, I do question the preparation aspect of it. I, I think our buddy Ruben Frank was the one who pointed out you know, as Dick Vermeil goes into the Hall of Fame, he he figured out in Dick's first year, he did the math, probably had 180 hours of preparation time, and now we're down to about 20. That's, that's, that's where we are. Now, they played six preseason games back then. That didn't right. make any sense either. No. So um, there's some good, there's some bad to it, but it, it just is what it is. I know Kyler Murray isn't going to bring his iPad to some college dorm that do his four hours of independent study. I know Sounds that. like he's not bringing it to his mansion either, yeah. John. Yeah. You know, wow. that's, yeah. Is that not the most bizarre? Th- you're going to hand the guy $230 million, but you clearly don't trust him. No. But, <laughs> and, you know, I, I laugh about it. It's tough not to, but that's kind of the positive. It, it highlights the positive of Jalen Hurts. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're almost – I always describe Jalen as, as, you know, almost the polar opposite of what you have with, with young quarterbacks. You're usually worried about the intangibles. You're usually, yeah. All right, I know this guy can do this. 
I know this guy can do this from a physical standpoint, but you don't know if he's going to be the leader, the hard worker, the, the, the understanding, doing all the homework. Um, with Jalen, you know he's doing all that. You know it. You know he's going to be prepared. And the Eagles describe it as, we know he's going to reach a ceiling as a player. Just what is that ceiling as a player? Yeah, and it's almost become like passe, job because if you point that kind of stuff out, people are like, whatever, man, can he play? But that is a big deal. I mean, oh, it's a real big deal. You know, you know he's going to work his tail off. You know he's got the locker room. You know he has the support from the players. Mm-hmm. You know the coaches respect the fact that the guy goes about it as a professional. And I know ultimately at the end of the day he's got to play well on the field. But, but to have those intangibles at 22, 23, whatever, that it takes sometimes guys to get – you know, 27, 28 to develop is a big deal. It's, it's rare. It's very rare. I mean, usually got to go through all these hiccups and learning, uh, uh, you know, circumstances and he's got all that stuff. And, and, you know, the one thing I've also kind of started to look at when it comes to Jalen Hurts is, you know, people say he isn't special throwing the football. You know, you saw Mike Sandoz. You you guys probably saw his – he does that annual – The rankings. Um, right, tier right. ratings. And, you know, I think it's very valuable because you get to see inside the the movers and shakers' minds, so to speak. Um, And, you know, I, I go back to the spring when we got a chance to talk to Nick Sirianni. And, and Nick has always said since he's gotten here, he said there's four traits he looks for in quarterbacks. Uh, accuracy is number one. Decision-making, number two. Um, movement skills, um, extending plays, things like that. Uh, and arm strength. The Eagles check the box, even though some people don't believe it. Jalen Hurts has the arm strength to, to make all the throws. His issues with that usually comes with getting the ball out a little bit too late. Um, and obviously, he's tremendous when it comes to off-schedule stuff. So, you know, Nick went back and he said, you know what? I'm starting to debate whether the off-schedule stuff is just as important as decision-making because – and he described it as sometimes you don't know what you have until you have it. And he's so good at that stuff. So when people say he doesn't have this top tier skill set, well, he doesn't from a traditional standpoint. But he's got other things that other quarterbacks that Joe Burrow doesn't have, that Justin Herbert doesn't have. So here to me is the biggest question. Can the Eagles accept that? Can the Eagles accept building around the unique skill set of Jalen Hurts? To date, I would say no. Jeffrey Lurie has been honest. He wants a high-efficiency passing offense. If that holds up, the Eagles don't have their quarterback. If they start being a little bit more open-minded and say, all right, let's build around what this kid does well, then they might have a quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the a million dollar question, John. Are they willing to go the Lamar Jackson route that Harbaugh went to and said, you know, hey, this may be what we did with Flacco, but forget it. Look, we're going to play to his skill set, and this is the way we're going to do it. It's the million dollar question whether they're willing to do that. I think they would prefer a Justin Herbert type. I mean, who? Oh, yeah. No but, question. But, you know, I, I think that's 
that and that goes to the highest reaches, like you said, Lori, Howie, and then Nick. Nick may be willing, but I don't know if the people above Nick are willing. Well, and the evidence we have is they're not. Right. They just went out and paid a receiver a hundred million dollars. All right, they're not paying AJ Brown to not get the football. Yep. So I think that kind of tells you all you need to know. One, I think the one thing we have to be concerned with is, and it's a minor concern right now is, but if you cater to Jalen Hurts' strengths, could it handcuff other aspects of the offense? You know, we we all agree there are things he needs to work on. And we've heard all the stories since the season ended that he's putting in the work. Um, he's out on the West Coast working with the quarterback gurus. He's in the film study. He's in the building. But but, but what are other than his, his legs, what are his strengths? Because we've spent so much time breaking down the things that we've seen that he needs to get better at, whether it's going through progressions, being more accurate with the football, getting the ball out of his hands quicker. So if the team identifies that we have to cater our offensive play calling to his strengths, could it handcuff certain other areas of the offense? Yeah, it definitely could. I mean, and I bring up A.J. Brown for that reason. I mean, you didn't bring him in here to, to block, right. Right. Um, you, to, to run a bunch of zone reads. It's evident what the Eagles want. They want to be effective throwing the football, especially on, on third downs and key situations, um, red zones. Um, that's the kind of stuff Jalen needs to improve on because you do have to improve on that. You don't, you, you know, D gun, if you look at his passing charts last year, I always say they should be, uh, sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. He didn't throw the football oh, in the middle of the field. <laughs> it, there's this big hole in the middle of the field and yeah. he's got AJ Brown yeah. and Dallas Goddard. You got to trust those guys. Yep. You know, he clearly doesn't feel comfortable throwing the football. A lot of bad things can happen if you're not accurate throwing the football over the middle of the field. Tip ball, interception, it's coming the other way. So, number one, he's got to trust what he sees. Number two, he's got to trust his receivers, and his receivers have to produce. But you know A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard are high-level players. So Mm -hmm. there's plenty of room for improvement. The problem is – there's not room to become Justin <laughs> Herbert or Joe Burrow as a passer. So there's got to be some give and take. Or otherwise, you know, this is all just wasting time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be looking for another quarterback. And, yeah, and, and John, the other part that that, that sort of uh, is intriguing here is you're always wrestling. He's only 23. Quarterbacks get better. You know, even in this society, we want everything tomorrow, you know, yesterday to be the greatest. <clears throat> but your, the practicality of the contract situation where he doesn't have that fifth year as yeah. a second round pick yeah. makes this year even all the more critical in terms of what are you going to do long term here? You don't want him going into that fourth year as a lame duck. You know, if this year is just OK, you know, what do you do if you're the front office? And I, I think that for all those reasons, this is just gigantic this year that he that he takes a big leap yeah. forward. I mean, I think they have to make a decision after this year. I, I've heard people, Jody says it, I had Zach Berman on the show, he said it yesterday, um, that the Eagles could let him play out his fourth year. Two, two things with that. Yeah, they could, obviously. Um, that's not typically the way they do business. They want to identify guys early and extend them. They know the price is only going up. Mm-hmm. I got sticker shock from Kyler Murray's contract. Ridiculous I was contract. Like, I was like, wow. 
and and then you have Lamar's coming up. You have um, uh, Joe Burrow coming up. You have Justin Herbert coming up. So when you start talking about the franchise tag two years down the road, well, what the heck is the franchise tag going to be? Exactly. It's going to be thirty-five to forty million dollars minimum. Yeah, minimum. So are you comfortable with that? But going back to um, this off this upcoming off season, uh, so Jalen will be eligible for an extension for the first time. All right, two things there. You don't want to go into any season with a lame duck quarterback. You don't want a lame duck quarterback, and you don't want a lame duck coach. The locker room knows what that means. They know what that means. Now, if if you offer Jalen a contract and he says, you know what? No, I don't want it. Uh, I want to bet on myself. I can take more money. That's different right. than saying, all right, just play out the fourth year. Then you're a lame duck. Then you're a lame duck. That's not going to work. That's not how the Eagles do business, period. And I don't see them changing. Then the second part is we can't just assume you can kick the can down the road. You're always going to have three first-round picks or two first-round picks. You just came out of it this year, bad quarterback draft. You know, if you have a good quarterback draft, you better seize that moment. So for all those reasons, this is it. The Eagles are going to make a decision on Jalen Hurts after this season. Yep. No question about it. John, when I look at other positions on this team, I think one of the most intriguing positions to keep an eye on is that right tackle spot. I know a lot of people think Isaac Sayamalu is is on lockdown, but I don't see it that way. Now, Isaac is a good player, very good player, and he's tutored by one of the best offensive line mentors in the game today. But I think it's a little bit more wide open than that because of some of the options they have there. Yeah, they really like Jack Driscoll, and they they really think they stumbled onto something. You know, he came in as a right tackle, and people thought he was going to back up there with Mm -hmm. Lane and – um, all of a sudden he's got to play in right guard and they go, wow, he's pretty good. Uh, but he's had injury problems himself. He hasn't yeah. been able to, to finish a couple years. I think it comes down to Isaac and Jack. Um, here's the thing with Isaac. Isaac told us in the spring, now he was out there, but he was not fully clear. So remember they were doing, he was working in individual drills, doing some light work. But he had two surgeries uh, for the Liz Frank injury. You have to put the hardware in, as he calls it, and you have to take the hardware out. So it's a really, really serious injury. It's a really serious injury, even more so for 300-pound guys. I mean, that's that's a foot injury uh, at a position where you put a lot of stress on your, on your feet. Um, so, number one, we have to see – if Isaac is healthy, if he's ready to go, he might be a candidate to start on the pup list. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that over the next 24 hours. Um, but yeah, you're right, D-Gun. Jack Driscoll is, I think, a bigger uh, candidate than people realize because the yeah. Eagles and, – and by the way, the head coach loves him. The head yeah. coach loves him, Jack Driscoll. Mm. John, how do you see the, the the linebacking core? And I know this is going to look a little bit different considering some of the things they do up front with the guys in front of them. But um, there's a lot of people believe N'Kobe Dean maybe from day one has a chance. Some people think it's going to take him a little while to get acclimated. 
They bring in Kaiser White. TJ Edwards, I thought, had a pretty good year, all things considered. Maybe doesn't get the kind of love from some folks. But how do you see the linebacking core? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm writing about this on, on Jacob Sports, right? And I stopped to jump on with you guys. This, N'Kobe Dean, for a couple reasons. One, he was so good in college. I mm-hmm. mean, he was phenomenal. And then I think fans were sort of inundated with this is a surefire first round pick for months and months leading up to the draft. And all of a sudden he falls to the third round. There's some injury concerns around the league. Um, And I think people have the perception of this is a first round pick. This is going to be a day one starter. I don't think he's going to be a day one starter. Mm -hmm. I, I think the hope with N'Kobe Dean is maybe the second half of the season Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ramp him up and he starts to, <clears throat> to get it. We just talked about the health of Isaac Samuel. There's another guy I'm interested in. There were teams in this league that took him off the board yeah. because of health issues. The Eagles say he's fine. They didn't do anything in the spring. He was out there, but they didn't do any 11-on-11 work. Um, the linebackers weren't involved. They started with TJ and Kaiser White. He was on the third team to start. I think it's going to be a slower ramp up period than people realize with Nicobe Dean. And it starts with health. I have to see if he's healthy, number one. And forget about the long term. There's concerns over his shoulder, his knee, long term, degenerative conditions. He strained his pec mm-hmm. and he might not be ready at the beginning of camp. So we have to see that. If he's ready, uh, and I've said this on a number of occasions, and and, and uh, basically similar to what you've said, I can see them slowly increasing his his playing time as they go along. I think initially he's going to be that situational linebacker, especially in passing downs. I need you to get to the quarterback. You know, as good as he is as an all around athlete in terms of tackling, defending the run, I thought his finest attribute was being able to slip through gaps with his speed and his agility slipping through gaps and getting the quarterbacks off their spot and making quarterbacks extremely uncomfortable back there and forcing them to make decisions a lot sooner than they want to. And I can see them having, you know, uh, I seen Reddick on one side and Nicobe Dean on the other side. Hey, I'll meet you at the quarterback type scenarios. Yeah. Well, I, People aren't going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Go ahead. Take them off. Let's go, John. The Eagles aren't going to blitz a lot. I'm sorry. They're not. No, man, don't say that. You just injured. There's some injuries in, in, the, yeah. uh, in the stream. In the, I in mean, the they're not. And and to me, it's going to be, you know, Hassan Reddick is here to rush the quarterback. Um, and I think he's going to do it very well. Josh Sweat is an emerging player. Uh, I think an underrated player. Brandon's back. Derek's back. Uh, Teron Jackson, Milton Williams on it. They're very deep up front. I don't think you're going to see a lot of blitzing linebackers. Um, and, and, and by the way, I don't consider Hassan Reddick a, a linebacker, right? He, you know, people, yeah. yeah, he's, he's an edge defender. So people have this old four, three versus three, four trope, which drives me nuts. Um, the Eagles are basically going to play big Bangio's defense, which they call up, it, it, you know, well, number one, I'll say this. Base defense is not base defense. Base defense is the nickel, right? Avante Maddox is a starter. He's out there 65, 70% of the time. So that 
that's one people have to get that out of their mind. Then what are the Eagles going to look like when Jordan Davis is out there stuffing the run? I think mainly you're going to see a 5-2 overhang look is what Gannon calls it. Reddick on the line of scrimmage, Josh Sweat on the line of scrimmage. Um, and then who's playing inside next to Davis? That to me is the most interesting question because there's a lot of avenues they can go. They can go big. They can go Fletcher. They can go Javon. Brandon can play that four-eye technique. Um, um, Derek Barnett can play it. Milton Williams can play it. They have a lot of talent up front and a lot of ways they can go. Unfortunately, when you talk about N'Kobe Dean on third downs and blitzing, I don't think that's one of them. Not that he can't do it. It's just not going to be a staple of this defense. Or I should better say, they don't want it to be a staple of this defense. They want to get home with the rushers they have. They don't want to have to blitz. John, do, do you worry just staying on that for a minute? That It, it feels like there is a lot of moving parts here. It, it, look, it's great that you have the skill set and the, and the adaptive players to be able to do it. That's great. But do you worry at all that it's just a lot? Uh, and these guys with limited practice, limited, you know, whatever, and some of the other questions that are out there, may struggle getting it all down, or you think, you know, this they're going to be good to go? No, they they played this last year. Um, they just didn't play it successfully because, you know, Gennard Avery was in the Hassan Reddick role. Mm-hmm. Um, Javon Hargrave is playing on the nose at times. Fletcher, as we know, doesn't want to play on the nose, nor should they. Um and they didn't have the Jordan Davis type to to put in that particular position. Um, and the same with, with the Sam linebacker. They didn't have uh, an Hassan Reddick type to put in that position. So they were already playing it. They just couldn't play it as much as they wanted to, and they couldn't play it as effectively as they wanted to. So I think when you went through early last season, you remember when Fletcher Cox was complaining a little bit. That was about playing that four eye technique. Not used to it. Played three three technique under Jim Schwartz. Loved it. Go get to the quarterback. Pin your ears back. You know, defend the run on your way to the quarterback. That's a lot of fun for a defensive tackle. Um, when you're asked to be more disciplined and more, you know, they call it one and a half gaps. It's not really two gaps. Uh, more read and react. It's not as fun, but they were already doing it last year. So I don't think it'll, it'll be that much of a problem. Do you think with Bradbury and, and Darius Slay out there, they're going to go play more press coverage than they did last year, more man-to-man type on the back end? No, because they don't have the safeties to do it. Um, you're, not a, you're not a Tart fan? No. I mean, <laughs> you know what, D-Gun? Nothing against – Right, uh, Tart because right. he's played a lot of football on good defenses. Right, uh, San Francisco has been a good defense, but the contract tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And then the year before, San Francisco brought him back on the veteran minimum, so they know him better than anyone. Right, they brought him back for 2021 on a one-year veteran million minimum deal. This time around, they didn't even want him. That tells me something. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Harris tells me something. The Eagles brought him in one year, five million. Two years ago, he's a franchise tag player in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. 
now he's back at one year, two and a half million. That tells me something. Um, Marcus Epps, look, great kid. Um, you know, he's a walk-on at Wyoming. He was a six-round pick. He's a waiver wire uh, pickup. That tells me something. But, you know, more than that, what tells me the most, I think people forget about this because the Eagles are very good about making you forget about this. They wanted to sign Marcus Williams. No. They were mm-hmm. kicking the tires on on Tyron Matthew, Matthew uh, the honey badger. They knew they had to get better at safety. They weren't able to accomplish that. But other than safety, how we did a great job in the offseason. So, John, with, with all that said, um, where do you think they are as we sit here right now? I mean, how good are they? What are the, what should the expectation level be? A team that made the playoffs last year did get smoked in that, in the one game that they played, but what should the expectation level be for this team? Uh, it should be winning the NFC East. I mean, um, they've gotten better. The Cowboys, at least on paper, have gotten a little bit worse. Um, so they seem to be coming back to you a little bit. And so it should be an incremental improvement. And then when you get to the playoffs, you don't want to be embarrassed. You want to be competitive. So the expectations are much higher, and that's going to be much more difficult on the head coach, the defensive coordinator, and the quarterback. Those are the three guys. Uh, Big-time expectations, um, but they should be in the conversation, certainly, to win the NFC East. There's no reason to think they shouldn't um, have a chance to – to, to win the NFC East. What's your belief level in Gannon? Uh, personally, um, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect uh, for John, Jonathan. Um, you know, there's a reason he got three head coaching interviews, three different teams. I mean, three different organizations. I mean, how he says they're running him, they are running him. He's not going to be here long-term. And this is it, you know, I've talked about this a lot. It's rare you get the band back together uh, from a coaching staff standpoint in the NFL. There's always changes. Um, there were no changes uh, for the Eagles this year. That won't happen next year because mm-hmm. one of two things is going to happen. They're going to meet these expectations, and then people are going to hire Gannon or Shane Steichen or Brian Johnson or one of these high-profile assistants where they don't live up to the expectations. And then Jeffrey Lurie's going to come looking for the scapegoat like he did with Mike Grow and Carson Walsh. So this is it for this coaching staff. I'll give you a little bit more in the Marcus Williams scenario. The Eagles actually thought they had a deal in place with him. Yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden were. Baltimore came in in the 11th hour and stole it. went him. nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. They went nuclear and gave him more money than the Eagles could afford at that particular time or wanted to pay him. But if they had gotten it, they thought that safety spot was going to be solidified. They thought they had dead to rights. and But that's part of football also, man. You know, yeah. you know, especially nowadays, the way they're throwing money around, you know, monopoly money being thrown around. You look at, you know, wide receivers getting ungodly money nowadays. Yeah. You know, in, in Arizona, basically, I said it last week, all Arizona did was tick off other teams now that have to uh, deal with their quarterbacks when their time come up, comes up either this year or after this season, you know, and, you know, you can't give Howie enough kudos for at least trying, you know, you don't get everything yeah. you want. You hope you get most of what you want, but you don't get everything you want. No. In this game. 
You always have a, you, you always need a contingency. Like I said, the Eagles yeah. are good about the Eagles wanted Russell Wilson. Let's be honest. I yeah. mean, if they could have convinced him to, you know, consider Philadelphia, they would have went all in. Um, I don't believe they would have went as high as Cleveland ultimately did for Deshaun Watson money wise, right. but right. they, they love the player. I mean, they, they, they think the player would have been a significant upgrade. Um, you can talk about the other stuff, but um, you don't get, as you mentioned, uh, Derek, you don't get everything you want. So you have to have contingency plans. I thought the Eagles did a really good job with most of their contingency plans. You know, sometimes the contingency plan is better. I'll give you an example of that. They wanted to bring in Trey Waynes at cornerback. He was a former first-round pick in Minnesota, was injured. You know, it's a history with Gannon. Um, Waynes is thinking about retiring. He said, you know what? I'm probably done. Um, all of a sudden, James Bradbury gets released. You get a better player. That wasn't the original plan. Ended up being better. So sometimes the contingency, same thing happened at receiver. Receiver, they wanted Calvin Ridley. Yeah. After Calvin yeah. Ridley, they wanted Allen Robinson. Yeah. After Allen Robinson, they wanted Robert Woods. Oh, and yeah. Kristen Kirk as well before Allen Robinson. They wanted all those guys, couldn't get any of them, and forced them to go out and get A.J. Brown. Now, they had to pay a premium in the force of, you know, first-round pick, third-round pick, $100 million. But they got the better player of, of those five receivers – they got the best of those five receivers. I always go back, John, to when they were hunting for safeties and they end up with Malcolm Jenkins. Everybody wanted Jarius Bird and TJ yeah, Ward. Right. That's right. You know, and you look at the way that played out, man, it couldn't have been better for the Eagles. Yeah. 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 So. Sometimes that happens quite a bit. Um, at safety, I don't think it happened for the Eagles. Other mm. positions, it may have happened. Last one for me, John. Uh, what do you see here for Miles Sanders this season and his future here with the Eagles? I think Miles is a good player. Um, I think this will be it for him in Philadelphia. A um, couple of reasons. The Eagles don't value the position. They're just going to turn it over. They won't want to pay big money to a running back. And mm -hmm. they kind of know, you know, you saw it with Boston Scott, Jordan Howard. A lot of people can run behind this particular offensive line because it's so good. But I do, you know, I do think that uh, people have unrealistic expectations when it comes to Miles Sanders and the fact that they're looking for that 1,250, 1,300 yard back. They don't exist anymore, guys. You can go back three years, right? Three years. Here are the guys who've had 1,250 yards in a season. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, um, Nick Chubb. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. That's it. That's it. Um, Miles Sanders isn't that type of back. Uh, but he is. You can get to 1,000. You can get to 1,100 if he stays healthy. Mm -hmm. He would have he gotten 1,000 last year if he stayed healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends what your expectations are. But Miles is a good player, not a great player. And the Eagles, Nick Sirianni wants to use two backs. And the problem for Miles is Kenny Gainwell is going to be the third down, the hurry up back. So kind of limits things at least a little bit from that perspective. 
I, I, I agree with John in the sense that this could be the swan song for Miles Sanders in Philadelphia, but I will also throw this out here. Uh, the fact that I don't think Miles is going to get big money on the open market, you know, because th that doesn't happen for a lot of running backs. And I, I still think if the Eagles desire to keep him, he could fall in a financial category that would be feasible for the organization. He's still a young back, and he already knows Nick Sirianni's system. So I, I, I do believe, first and foremost, that we are looking at the last days of Miles Sanders here in Philadelphia because of how the Eagles value the running back position. But there's a small part of me that wouldn't be surprised if he returned here because he would be favorable financially for this team to bring him back in 2023. Well, I'll tell you the best way for that to happen is probably not a good avenue for the Eagles because if he gets hurt again, misses right. five, six games, then I think you can bring him back on a cost-effective deal. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if he want that. So it's yeah. kind of a, a, a catch-22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John, good stuff. So tomorrow, uh, just let everybody know what we're, what we're looking for on, on jacobsports.com from you, just to reiterate. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about those five perceptions that people, you know, the downtime in the NFL, it was show people talk themselves into things and, and these perceptions become facts. So there's five things I'm looking at that people think are true right now. And as soon as training camp starts, they'll quickly realize, oh, they're going in a different direction. Great. <laughs> All right. So we're looking forward to talking to you throughout camp, uh, getting some some uh, your observations from what you're seeing. <clears throat> Uh, down there so uh it's gonna be a lot of fun man it gets rocking and rolling tomorrow <laughs> with some practice but john thanks man we appreciate your time thanks bro appreciate thanks, it thanks guys appreciate uh, it all right mcmullen and catch him every single day uh birds 365 8 a.m to 10 a.m with jody mack all right good insight there from john derek that's for sure we come back we're going to go with our biggest knowns and unknowns of this team when we get back, we'll continue with the Eagles discussion as they start camp. They, they do report today. All right. And they are officially on the field tomorrow. So looking forward to that a little later, some Phillies mixing some other odds and ends. Brian Baldinger coming up at two o'clock as well. So we'll talk to him in a little bit. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. I want to tell you about my friends at ProAction Restoration. You say to yourself, what is ProAction Restoration? Well, if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property and you've experienced Water damage, flooding, fire, smoke, mold problems, whatever the case may be, that is their expertise. They can handle it. And you know what? If you're not really sure, reach out. Give them a call. ProAction's on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I've had an issue where I had to call them on a Saturday. They were right over. They cleaned it up. Reasonable price. I couldn't have been happier. They are unbelievable. And that started the relationship with this great company. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. Again, it could be anything from water to fire to smoke damage to mold remediation. You name it. They can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. That's 610 610- 623-3760 or reach them online at proactionrestoration.com that's proactionrestoration.com go for the pulse and the pools go for the ooze and the oz go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. take on the day that football begins welcome back in everybody rob ellis derrick gun barrett off today hour number two thanks for hanging out with us all right derrick so just ran things through with john mcmullen and you can catch that we, we podcast all of our guests so if you want to check that out go to jacobsports.com jacobsports youtube network as well you can check out that brian baldinger coming up at two o'clock um let's dig into some knowns and unknowns okay about this team because they're, let's start with the unknowns for a minute, um, because there are question marks. I think we're all optimistic about the moves that they've made and uh, the offseason that they've had with the people that they're returning coming off a of playoff season, et cetera. Uh, but if you look at the unknowns here, and we just touched on one of them, you know, let's face it, Howie was able to do a lot to correct some shortcomings personnel-wise through free agency trades in the draft. But one of the areas that I think is very much up in the air, and I'm not the biggest Jaquaski Tart fan, is safety. Frankly, uh, I don't love Anthony Harris, I and I don't love Tart. Yeah, so right, right there is, is a is a major major issue. You you have two guys who have played a lot of football, and they played football at the highest level at one point of their career, but are they on the backside of their careers? Because as John McMullen just said a few mi- minutes ago, you know, you look at Anthony Harris; he was considered a franchise player at one point. Minnesota decided to let him go. You know, Tart played on one of the most physical defenses 
in the NFL for a number of years, all of a sudden they decide to let him go. So what exactly are the Eagles getting um, at the at those two spots now? Are they getting players that can still play at a premier level, or are they at a level um, that's that's a little bit subpar of what we've been accustomed to seeing them play with different teams? And you know there are a lot of people on the outside looking in think that that's the biggest weakness of this Eagles defense in general is the two safety positions. Well, we're going to find out. You know, Anthony Harris had a you know decent year last year. wasn't great, but had a decent year. Um, and now we're going to find out, coupled in with another veteran back there. You know, I know Barrett's big on Marcus Epps. I, I still need to see it from Marcus. I saw some flashes of great things, but he's still a young player learning his way, you know. And so that that's going to be like, I think the biggest question mark on this defense moving forward is what exactly are you getting out of that position on a week-in, week-out basis? Yeah, and I probably feel most comfortable with Epps, but I, I Gunner, I think that's more of a reflection, and it's not a knock on Epps necessarily, but it's more of a reflection on the other guys that I just don't have a big belief in in Harris or Tart, frankly. Um, but the question is, can really good corner play, if we assume that, can really good corner play offset mediocre to less safety play? It, it can. If your guys in the front seven are doing what they're supposed to doing and you have two corners that can play bump and run and shut down, yes, it can hide deficiencies you have at another position. And that's not what we're hoping for. We've been we've been we've been just drooling over the prospects of what this linebacking core will look like and what this uh defensive line core will look like in terms of ro- rotation. Um, you know, sending players in de- certain downs and distances. Uh, to attack a quarterback or to defend against uh, an offense. Um, if those elements of the game take care of themselves, uh, yeah, you you can cover up deficiencies at the safety position. All right, so let's uh, dig into some further. This one's interesting to me. Pass rush. And here's what I mean by that. Fletcher Cox coming off a down year. Javon Hargrave had a great first half, slowed down in the second half. Um, Brandon Graham, 34 years old, coming off an Achilles. Hassan Reddick has got to be used the right way, not your traditional just edge rusher. Uh, Anthony Jordan Davis, excuse me, who some people didn't necessarily love in the draft. were worried about his weight and what, you know, didn't play a lot of snaps at Georgia. Uh, Derek Barnett, who's been a disappointment. Sweat, who's been up and down in his Eagles career. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at. So, should we be so quick to assume that the pass rush is going to be great for this team? Well, yeah, because we, we don't know. We still don't know what, what Jonathan Gannon's game plan is in terms of, in terms of utilizing that talent. What we do know is this. When you talk about a Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Milton Williams, there's three guys that can get, get pushed in the middle of that, of that line. And when you can get a you know, good push in the middle of that line, especially in passing downs, it forces the quarterback to step back a little bit further, step to the side, maybe go to his his weak side a little bit more than he wants to if they identify that on film. You know, some quarterbacks, you know, they go to their offhand side. They don't throw as well as they do when you go to the strong side. If we can, if they can get consistent push up the middle and, 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 and disrupt the quarterback in that fashion, you know, I think this team's in a pretty good shape. I, I think you have a rotation of edge rushers that will also be able to get home to the quarterback. Now, if what John is saying is true, that he doesn't expect his defense to blitz a lot, if they're not getting home, that's a problem because mm-hmm. then we're looking at a defense 
that's still in the bottom of the of the league in terms of quarterback sacks. I think they now have the athleticism um, with their linebackers to do a little bit more creative things, to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, you got Kazir White and hopefully Nicobe Dean that can cover it uh, as well as defend. Um, you got Hassan Reddick who can put his hand in the dirt or come at you standing up. You know, so you have a variety of ways now to attack and defend against offenses. I think first and foremost, if you look at the most successful defenses, those are the defenses that do a great job of attacking a quarterback, especially in this past happy league that we've we've watched uh, through the years recently. And I think that's why I think it would be in the best interest of this team to get after quarterbacks and not just stand back there and read and react. Because if you're reading and reacting, you're allowing the quarterback to tap that ball in his hands a little bit longer, and somebody's going to be free, whether it's underneath or get free in the middle of the field. And we see that time and time again, even with good defenses. But when you got defenses that, that consistently bring five, six guys, they're not afraid to attack because they trust the guys defending on a pass play. Those, those nowadays are the best way to attack the quarterback, especially since the game now is catered towards the quarterback and the offenses. Well, and that's the thing. I know, look, Eagles fans are going to hear that and they're going to be really ticked off if they're not aggressive in, in terms of blitzing. If you see early in the year that, that the, your front is getting home, you know, whoever it is, whether it's uh, Hassan Reddick, whether it's Brandon Graham, whether Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis is getting that push in the middle. I don't care who it is, frankly. I'm okay with it. But if they're not you know, you can't sit on your hands, man. It's not like last year where you didn't have the personnel. You have enough personnel now where you can be a little bit more aggressive. That's where I think there's going to be issues you know, with, with people and Jonathan Gannon. Nobody's going to care if you're getting home with you, just your front or your front seven or whatever. But if that's not happening, people are going to be angry. I can tell you that right now, Derek. Well, as you know, we have a lot of lounge chair coaches uh, in this area, you know, yeah. a lot of people. Um, and you're right. And we, you know, when you look across the board on social media, Everybody's anticipating this being more of an attacking style defense. If they're a read and react defense, people are going to lose their minds because, you know, on paper, you have the personnel to get after the quarterbacks. You have a defense that's supposed to be quicker, faster, deep in rotation, a lot to create a lot of mismatches, so to speak, in that regard. You have to utilize this defense to the best of its ability. Now, it comes down to the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannett. What is his mindset? What is his game plan? Is he already implement? Is he already thinking about implementing this stuff? Is he is he going to approach defense the way he did last year with a better group of guys because he feels his defensive strategy last year would have worked a lot better had he had this per- personnel that he has now? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this thing unfolds and how it comes together and how what 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 groupings he's going to use in certain situations. All right, the other one, like I'm going to throw it in there because I've been beating this drum, but I'll just do it one last time. I, I don't like the fact that it, it feels like, and I know you can almost grab these guys off the street, so it's a little bit different than any other position. But tell me why there isn't somebody, at least in camp, giving some competition to Aaron Sippos at punter. I, I don't get that. That That's today. Um, if I know Howie like I think I know Howie, they're going to bring somebody in, whether in private workouts or you know out in the open. You know, they when they fill this right 90-man roster right now, now, you know, they, they just signed, what, another uh, defensive lineman? I believe yeah. it was. So now D they have tackle. nine, now yeah. d, uh, what, nine D tackles in camp. Now, obviously, that's to take a lot of the heat off of your frontline guys, give them more rest and practice. I get that. Those guys are going to make the team. But if they look at Sippos now and, and realize, okay, he hasn't improved much or he's not exactly what we're looking for, trust me when I tell you this, 
Howie will have people in camp to push him and maybe push him out of the way if need be. Yeah. Now, look, fair enough, fair enough. All right, and the other ones are just the – I mean, let's face it. Are we 100% sure on Nick Sirianni? Are we 100% sure on Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen? No. I mean, and, and that's not necessarily a negative. We've only seen it for one year. Like, you know, it's almost like the, the Hurts discussion. We saw some good things, saw some things we weren't all that sure about. So I think to an extent, the jury's out a little bit. I mean, you love the fact that the players buy into Gannon – or to Sirianni, excuse me. I think they feel like he's genuine. And that's a big deal, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially the veterans. Uh, and I, I think he showed, for me, I view the giving the play calling over to Steichen more in a positive vein than some other people do. So I would say I probably go in feeling good but not sold on each of those three. Where, where are you at with that? Well, I think I think Sirianni did did a, a great benefit to himself by rallying this team, changing the mindset in midstream, and finding a way to get this team to a playoff and getting this team with a winning record. So I think he's he's got a big grace period with these fans. They're excited about the direction of this team. Uh, they're excited about some of the things that Nick Sirianni has done with this team in his first year. So now the expectation has increased twofolds because Sirianni is approaching his second year and because um, his offense a year further along into his scheme and they have the personnel to do some, some, some substantial things and because the schedule is favorable again for this team. So I think, you know, Sirianni has a lot of people backing him because of all those intangibles involved. Yeah, no, look, I, I think that's fair. And, and I think, you know, right now, I, I like I said, I, I'm, I think people will come around on Gadden. I think he's going to be a lot better. All right, let's go to some knowns now. Um, arguably the best offensive line in football, one yep. that can run block, one that can pass block, one that has really good depth, Derek. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about last year, you know, we did, they didn't have Lane Johnson to start the season. Right. They lose Sayamalu, you know, and they're able to, to not only keep the, the you know, the, the, the boat floating here, they're, they, those guys ascended. We saw Landon Dickerson come into his own. Who, who was a rookie out of Alabama. I mean, and they have the best teacher slash coach in the NFL heading up that unit in, in Jeff yeah. Stoutland. I, I would, if I'm putting anything at the top, it's the offensive line for me. Look at, look at how many teams across the league and even teams that were on the Eagles schedule last year, when their frontline guys went down, there's a severe, severe drop-off in talent level and productivity at certain spots along an offensive line. You don't see that with this team. You know, they move pieces around, and and you don't miss a beat with this team. You lose a Pro Bowl right tackle. You lose a solid left guard, and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, you know, you got a weak link in in, in the armor. It didn't happen that way. If anything, they played better. It's it's, as weird as that sounds. They played better without two-fifths of the starting offensive line. And that's, you know, kudos to the offensive line coach for coaching them up that way and for those players being able to adapt and adjust on the fly and plug and play, you know, just put them in anywhere and they play. Now, did they have a few weaknesses at times? Sure they did, but every offensive line does no matter how good you are. But for the most part, this team kept mowing people over. You knew they were going to run the football at you and teams still could not stop it. A few teams were able to slow it down just a bit, but were not able to stop it. This team finished as the number one rushing offense in the national football league with a passed up offensive line until they got some of their main, until they got the you know, main guy back at right tackle. 
that that doesn't happen in the National Football League. Very few teams have that much depth and versatility along the offensive line to be able to play at that kind of level that they played at. All right, let's let's go receiver next because you have Devontae Smith now in his second year where you typically see a big leap from the really good players. He's another one who just is a worker. You have Devontae Smith entering his second year after a really good rookie year. You bring in A.J. Brown, who is a Pro Bowl caliber player. If he if he plays the full 17, you're going to see, you know, just monster numbers. Just your two starters out there, and I'm going to throw Goddard in there with mm-hmm. at the tight end spot because of what kind of pass catcher he is. That's a real good starting three right there for oh, Jalen Hurts. Oh my goodness, no question about it. If if you ever had a comfort, if you ever wanted a comfort zone for a young quarterback who's still evolving, needs things to work on, what better trio could you ask for? I mean, obviously you could you could get a better trio somewhere, but th- this is the perfect trio to help this guy out in terms of being a better quarterback and more comfortable behind the line of scrimmage. My goodness, Devontae Smith, incredible route runner. A.J. Brown, one of the more physical wide receivers in the game, great hands, uh, and one of the best tight ends in the game today. You couldn't ask for a better scenario, a better trifecta for a young quarterback. Um, And they're only going to get better, but they obviously get better by how much the quarterback get them the ball and how many pass plays a coach calls for them uh, to get the ball in their hands. You know, Dallas Goddard is not easy to defend, as we saw. Like, how many times he's standing wide open in certain situations. Uh, So, in a lot of ways, this quarterback, Jalen Hurts, has everything he needs to take his game to that next level. Yeah, and and I almost just just glossed over it because it's the obvious, but one of the the, the great unknown, the number one unknown, is the quarterback. But we've talked about it, you know, quite a bit. Uh, Let me stay with uh, with the knowns here. Darius Slay. You know, you have a top five corner in the NFL who last year showed you why the Eagles made that trade with Detroit to bring him right, in here. He right. was on a defense that was up and down, you know, yeah. at, at times last year. He was the steadying force with that unit. Great in coverage, great in anticipating the ball, um, especially in the second half of the season. Um, he's everything you want in terms of a cornerback, leadership. Um, not just verbal leadership, but a, a leadership and ability to get things done. Those are the type of players that young players will gravitate towards and even veterans will listen to. If you're doing it's one thing to talk it, but if you can talk it and do your job at the same time, that only enhances the respect that you have in that locker room. And that's exactly what Darius Slay has shown already since he's been here in Philadelphia. I expect the same type of consistency out of a Darius Slay coming into this season. And, and obviously with James Bradbury on the other side, I think it takes some of the pressure off of, of Darius Slay also in terms of being that leader, so, so-called so speak on the back end, and just being able to step on the field and do your job, play in and play out. I think you're muted, Rob. Sorry about that. Bradbury, I think. Oh, you pulled, a, you pulled a Barrett. I was going to. Yeah, we've all taken our turns today. Absolutely. Um, We should call it the Barrett. We should even call it the mute button. Call it the the Barrett button. The Barrett button. Um, If if Bradbury hasn't lost it, if in fact last year was just he was in a tough spot with that Giants team, he's set up to succeed here. He's got Slay on the other side of him. He's got what I think is going to turn out to be, however however it's formed, however it's schemed up, you're going to have seven really good players in front of him. 
Yep. Like it's there for Bradbury. If yeah. he if he shows you in this defense that he can't play, he can't play anymore. It's time to move on. He he could parlay this into a really decent contract after this year. Um, you know, he got the big contract to go to the Giants. It didn't work out for the duration of the contract. He came here in a one-year friendly deal for the organization, and he's still young enough to where he can go out and still parlay this into a bigger contract for himself. I'm hoping we get the James Bradbury who was playing in Carolina, you know, back in the day. I still think he has that skill set and the physical ability to get it done. Um, but again, Rob, we also know that a lot of times players that excel in one scheme don't have the same kind of success in another scheme. You know, it's, it's just the history of the game. It just happens. You know, how many years did we see players in Philadelphia, you know, excel in this, on this team and you go somewhere else and you don't even hear from them. They're not the same player in another scheme. Look, I'll give you two great examples who are defensive <coughs> backs. Nandi Asamoah with the Raiders and then he Absolutely. came here. Uh, Absolutely. Myron Maxwell, who was a guy who, who had Seattle. a phenomenal career in Seattle and yeah. looked like a shell of himself. So, yeah, system is a big deal. Well, you know, when you look at a Byron Maxwell, was he was he that good in Seattle or was he a product of the three other guys playing around him and the, the guy at the front seven and playing in front of him? Fair question. You know, yeah. He parlayed yeah. that into a big contract coming in here in Philadelphia and it didn't pan out for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I'm hoping James Bradbury comes in here and shows that last year was a fluke. You know, he was in a situation with the Giants that just wasn't conducive to a style of play. And hopefully Jan- Jonathan Gannon utilizes his skill set you know, he studied him enough to utilize his skill set to make him that much better individually and help make that defense that much better collectively. Two more things I'll throw in there, Derek, and they're both you, we, we could put them in one, you know, lump sum here. I, I look at the depth that they have on the offensive line, the defensive line. Really, you could throw linebacker in there at this point. There's a lot of depth there, which means a if somebody goes down, you hope not, obviously, someone can step in, or b you're able to, especially with the defensive line and or linebacker you can keep these guys very fresh for late in games late in seasons where you're not seeing guys hit the wall that you typically see sometimes the wealth of riches this team has on paper at those positions is almost too good to be true and i'm hoping it's not too good to be true i'm hoping it's exactly what we're we're anticipating not only do you have quality on both sides you have interchangeable parts you know when, when especially a linebacker you know they may line up at you know, middle linebacker, Sam linebacker, Will linebacker. But maybe you can get more creative and flip-flop them around depending on your matchups. You know, you see a lot of defenses doing that now. They don't just play at one stationary position. You look at a guy like Khalil Mack. He's on one side one play, the other side the next play, so on and so forth. And we're starting to see a lot more of the We have started to see a lot more of that uh, when it comes to scheming on defenses. And I just believe that with the Eagles, with the wealth of riches they have on that side of the ball and defense in particular – that you can play a lot of mind games with offensive lines and even running backs who are supposed to be looking to block certain people coming at them, not knowing where they're going to come from at any given moment. The offensive line has spoken for itself after what we had to watch in 2021. Their ability to move the chess pieces around and still get a high productivity out of that, that, that line from tackle to tackle is incredible. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, it just doesn't happen normally in the, in the National Football League when it comes to line play like that. And the Eagles are, are an exception to that rule. A little football note I just want to pass along. So uh, Joe Burrow is having an appendectomy, so he's yeah. getting his appendix taken out. Yeah. Uh, he'll miss some practice, but they don't even think this will affect if they were going to play him in preseason games. It, it's become a much quicker recovery uh, than it yeah. maybe was back in the day. So just an FYI, not a big deal, but 
to pass that along. Um, all right. So when we come back, Derek, we will uh, we'll talk a little Phils, who had a comeback victory last night, which was desperately needed against the Braves. Two o'clock. You don't want to go anywhere. Two o'clock. Brian Baldinger. We will talk Eagles and go around the NFL, including the Kyler Murray uh, addendum in his contract about studying independent study. I thought I thought we heard the end of independent study after college, but we haven't apparently. Um, so we'll talk about that with Baldy as well. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Razor Technology. The future of work isn't remote or in person. It's a hybrid model. In facing this new reality, businesses must reimagine their workplaces to align with the preferences and needs of modern employees. Razor Technology helps businesses create a workplace that gives their teams flexibility in choosing how and where they put in their hours. Online platforms for communication and collaboration combined with secure and adaptable mobile devices are enabling hybrid meeting experiences that are nearly on par with in-person events so everyone can feel like they are part of the conversation. Employees with strong social connections with their team report better well-being, higher productivity, and stronger retention rates. Razor Technology helps growing organizations adapt to hybrid environments with industry-leading digital tools and insightful guidance with that promotes efficiency and workplace satisfaction. You can learn more by giving them a call at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or you could visit online razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Sports Take. Welcome back in, everybody. D Gun, Rob Ellis. I like the hack backwards, Gunner. You got you switching it up for your for the Phillies discussion. I got I got to I got to switch it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at the midway point, you get the hat backwards. I like it. I like it. Uh, Brian Baldinger coming up at the top of the hour. He will be joining us. Uh, all right, so let's do a little fills here, Gunner, because this this looked like a lost cause last night. They were playing bad defense. I give Suarez credit. I thought he pitched really well. I thought his defense really did him no favors, but he kept the minute where where they they were within at least striking distance last night. Okay, I, I got to ask you this first and foremost. When they went down three nothing, <laughs> what is Rob Ellis doing and thinking at that time? I was we were I was angry texting with a friend of mine uh, at that point. Yes, we were not none too none too happy with what was happening in the uh, <laughs> <Dallas> game. <laughs> I was, I don't write them off because they've come back a lot this year to their, I'm serious. Like I, they, they really, I don't write them off, but it had, it had the same kind of loss written all over the first three games since the all-star break had bad defense. Bats couldn't really get anything going. And to their credit, uh, they hung around, hung around, rallied and got it done, but it was not pretty. It was, that felt like more of a steal kind of game than it did anything else. Well, you know what? It still looks good in the win column, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, see, it does. And see, what have I been telling you, Rob? You, you just hold on. You, I think, I think that 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 Cub series was a wake up call. I think this team came out of the All Star break still in hibernation from the All Star break, and they got slapped by the Cubs. You know, yeah. you know, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. That was a wake up call, and I, and I think they understood the importance of this series coming up against the Braves not just in terms of trying to catch the Braves or staying hot on the Braves trail, but because of the significance of the wild card positioning as well. And what did I tell you? The young guys may not step up consistently like we would want them to, but, you know, ever since they've been on this hot streak, since they've had the managerial change, you know, it's one of these guys or a bunch of these guys that are coming through big time uh, when they needed the most. You know, the front half of the lineup last night, which is the big money part of the lineup, you know, wasn't doing a job last night. But look at the back half of the lineup, you know, five yeah. through nine. Those are the guys that stepped up for him. You know, right. well, e- even your guy, Castellanos, had two hits last night. First one was a bloop, but yes, you're correct. Wait they a did minute. Have- did you actually say that? He did have two. First, First one is a-, a bloop. Was it a base hit? It was it. You're right. You're right. How many how many big time players get bloop hits? It's part uh, of the game, man. Okay. You can't even just enjoy the fact that he finally was two for four instead of zero oh for four or one for one for five. You had to throw it. Well, it was just a bloop, really. All right, look. Have you become that initial, cynical in your old age? <laughs> your initial point is right. I mean, if you look at it, Derek, from from five down to nine, Castellanos two hits, Bohm three hits. Munoz two hits, Stott two hits, and Camargo had a hit. They those guys did step up in a massive way for them last night. You're right about that. So so just looking at Bohm, Munoz, Stott, and Camargo, they had five, seven, nine. They had ten hits between them. Yeah, a big time, big time. That ain't bad, dude. No, no, it's look. It's here's the thing. Let me let me give Bohm a little bit of love. I know he's still an adventure at third base, but he goes three for four last night, two runs and a double. Last yep. twenty games, Derek, he's hitting four eleven. And on the season, he's up to 287 now. There you go. He's had a really good bounce back year from what it was last year. You know, he it was ugly last year, frankly. Believe, believe in the process, Rob. You have to believe <laughs> in the process. Thank you, you know, Sam. Thank you. You look at a guy like Stott, two for four, and he has five RBI. Really? I mean, you know, this is the guy eight, eighth in your lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, how many look at how many weak sisters you have 
when you get past first the first four or five batters in the lineup, the pro- productivity tails off significantly. This guy steps up and wins the game for you. Yeah. I mean, he takes a 3-2 cutter deep into the night, and that's the telling tale of this game. You know, and, and that's what you have. And that's why I say, you know what? This is really good for these kids that are playing in pressure-packed situation every time they step on the field. Yeah. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They're fighting to stay above 500. And they're producing. And again, you know, you just talked about the bomb numbers. We, we until you really physically look at them, they they don't even they don't jump out at you because you're thinking, okay, he's you know, okay, he's Alex Baum, okay. But then all of a sudden, wait a minute, this kid's hitting over 280. Yeah. You look at what he's done over the last month and a half of the season, and he's been a significant reason why offensively this team has been where it is. Now you're right. With him still at third base, a lot of times it's not just a job and it's an adventure. But last night it wasn't even him. It was Camargo. <laughs> but that, that throw, oh my god. Well, but I'll say this, Derek, to, and I'll, I'll defend Camargo to an extent. I don't know what Hoskins was doing on that play. He, he, his, his, like, his footwork and his step was bizarre. And, and it, you could very easily have attributed that one to him. And then I know it wasn't a really easy play, but the one where he's over by the rail that he can't catch either. He, I mean, defensively, yeah, man. He dropped, yeah, he dropped that. Well, you know what? On that particular play with Camargo, if you look at the tape, he set up his foot to the inside of the bag. Yeah. He's still in the middle of the bag, you know. And obviously, you know, when, you, when you're making a snap play, bang, bang play like that, you're not looking at foot placement. You just want to make sure your foot is touching the bag anywhere to try to get the potential out. But at that particular time, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But the throw was wide. I don't even think if he had been in the right place, he would have made that, he would have caught that one. Yeah. I just think, you know, I just think Camargo threw it off the wrong foot, threw it too, off balance, and it got away from him. And the end result was two runs scored on that particular error. Kruk said, Kruk kept, uh, Kruk kept saying during the broadcast on NBC Sports Philadelphia, yeah, he must yeah. have thrown him a cutter. It must have been something that was going yeah. away from him. I, right, I don't right. know. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely got to clean up the defense. I will, Let me give a, a little love to Stott here, too, because if you look at Bryson Stott's overall numbers, he's still under 200. And if you haven't watched the Phillies, you'd say, what is it with this guy? I'm telling you, Derek, he's a good player. I know what his numbers are. I think he's learning. Uh, he's a really good defender. Now, you could put him at short. You could put him at second. Yep. Wherever they move him, he's got real good baseball instincts for things. I think he's got a very high baseball IQ. And there's pop there, man. I mean, there he's had some really clutch moments for them this season. For there a you go. Yeah. There you go. That's that's what you want. Yes. You know, um, and this is this is why I said I understand they do need help in starting pitching because uh, uh Eflin may not pitch again this year. I don't you know they're I, already looking at, you know. Yeah. And, and you've heard management say we may have to address that before the trade deadline because we don't know if he's going to pitch again this year. So they need help in that regard. But can you get that help without messing up with the chemistry? You know, because if I'm another team, mm-hmm. and, and especially if I'm a team, let's say like the Cubs or a right. team that's out of it, I'm going to give you something of quality, but I want to get something back of quality as we continue to build for the future with a younger roster. So who are those players? Bone, Stotts, Munoz, you know, guys like that, even Camargo, you know, and, and it, is it in the Phillies' best interest to give up these kind of guys when they've carried them this far, kept them, helped keep them above sea level? Let's face it, Schwarber is gone cold, okay? Hoskins is not hitting like he was in June, okay? So you're going to need some of these young guys to carry you in the back end. You know, these kids are building a resume, not just a resume in terms of, making themselves 
valuable in, in, in enhancing their financial status down the road, but making them valuable commodities in what you're trying to do here this year to erase that deficit of not getting to the playoffs since, what, 2011? 11, yeah. So, you know, we know their minor league system is not that great right now. You know, there's not a lot of names you can think of they can call up and plug and play right now. Um, and so let these kids continue to grow. Are they making mistakes at times? Yes. But they're also being productive when you have to be. Coming back and winning that game against a team like Atlanta, which is one of the hottest teams in a major since June, that's huge for character building for a team, a, a team like this. Well, you've got the veteran presence in the front half of your lineup, the big money guys, but on the back end, these guys are trying to find their way. And they've done a great job over the last five, six weeks of helping find their way. And you were also able to chip away enough at, at a quality pitcher like Freed, who had, who has had an excellent season oh my for Atlanta, to get yourself close enough. And how about the other thing about the Stott home run? So Minter, who was pitching. That's right. It's only the second time he's given up a home run to a lefty in his yep. six years in the big leagues. Yes. Like, that is big-time stuff right there. What, what else do you need? And, and how many times have we seen this? This team go up against pitchers. We're thinking, oh, man, you know, Alcantara's, you know, for, for, for Miami. You know, John Hader for the Brewers. And they roped, they ripped him. Yeah. You know, and, and now Mentor, you know. So these kids, to me, while they're playing – sometimes flawed baseball in some areas mm -hmm. they're playing fearless yeah they're basically playing fearless man uh, and they don't quit <clears throat> they're like, not afraid in the moment they don't yeah. quit yeah no it's fair it's fair all right let me give you a couple updates injury wise you know that you mentioned they they don't know when they're basically telling you we don't know about eflin that ain't a good sign all right so let's just uh, there's no question that that's uh, dicey gene segura will be uh playing in a rehab game tonight yeah that's huge Derek, he could be back by Sunday. Yep. That soon. Okay. So, and that's ahead of schedule. So that, that's the last day of July. So he may be back before even August. Okay. Uh, Harper, it's not bad news necessarily. They, they looked at the thumb. They want to keep has the, the pins. Yeah. Keep the yep. pins in there for another week. He said, they just don't want to rush things. He said, yep. but they like the way it's progressing. Uh, the one thing he's kept doing is uh, he's still doing some baseball stuff. He can't sweat. Yeah. He's literally the pins are coming out of the skin, so you can't get an infection there. So he can't completely overdo it, but he's still doing some things to keep himself, you know, in shape and whatnot. You know, like you know what that guy—he's not just sitting around. So they'll check in a week. Uh, if he gets the pins out, then that's going to speed up the process a little bit. Where this thing, you know, you could maybe be looking at mid-August somewhere around there in that neighborhood. <clears throat> that's why I think to back to your point about a trade, they're they're going to move some middling prospect. I think in the minor league system, nobody off the roster and nobody who's a big time prospect and right, get like right. a number four, number five starter. I don't even think they're going to make a move really to get an additional position player. I don't think that's going to happen because they lay view this as Harper and Segura coming back. <clears throat> that's the way that's they do a, it. I, I guess all you got to do is hold on, hold on. And, and they're doing a great job of it right now. Yeah, they are. You know, you like to see them string more wins together, but. It's not like they've fallen off the map. It's not like they're 15 games behind, you know, the Mets now or eight games out of that last wild card spot. Right. <laughs> they're still there, man. Let these kids roll, man. Let them play. Now, winning that game last night, they're going to come back tonight, fight tooth and nail. And, you know, and, and let's see where the chips fall where they may. You yeah. know, they win this game tonight. They win the series. Yep. You know, and we and we, we thought going into the series, they weren't going to win the series against the Braves. Well, 
if they had lost that game last night, I'd have said, you know what, Rob, I don't know about winning this series. But after what they did last night, and, and looking at the bottom half of this order, the way they played against one of the one of, one of the uh, the Braves' better pitchers mm-hmm. and one of the better relievers, the way they st- hung in there and chipped away, hey man, you know what? Who knows? Now they may not catch Atlanta, but I guarantee you one thing: when Atlanta leaves there, they're going to know that the Phillies are here to stay. Yeah, I mean they're I they're four they're four and four against them this year. So I mean they they played to a, a standstill. There you go. Teams. So and you have Nola tonight. On a nine that's days a rest. Oh man, that's gonna be a good one. And that tonight. kid, the kid for Atlanta, man, Strider? is a strike. He is a strikeout dude. dude. Yeah, he's he's legit. Spencer Strider, great name, Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider. Uh, I, I don't so, think yeah. his record really is indicative of how, of how good he is. He has a four and three record with a three 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 zero ERA. But you're right, that dude is around the plate. Um, and man, you're right, he's a strikeout machine. Uh, so it's gonna be a good pitching duel tonight, but. I think the Phillies lineup is is up to the ch- task. I mean, this this is going to be a good. I, I expect this to be a good game tonight, just like last night's game was. Yeah, I'm with you, Derek. How about this? When you look at Strider's numbers this year, just to, and I'll get back. Noel has been phenomenal in his own right, um, but this kid this year he pitched two games last year, so he's he's a rookie this year. Technically, it wasn't enough games to register. He's got 114 strikeouts to 30 walks in uh in 76 or 74 innings pitch so for 74 and a third innings he struck out 114 jeez i mean that's that is nasty dude that's nasty dude yeah I've, I've 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 been reading about him i have not seen him pitch but i've read so many good things about this kid when i'm looking at all the, all the scores and stuff and you know day in and day out mm-hmm. i can't wait to see what he looks like tonight on the mound you know i'm really intrigued to see we already know what we're getting in nola yeah. We know Nola's coming, coming armed and ready tonight. Mm-hmm. But this kid Strider, man, he intrigues me. And I can't wait to see what he looks like against this lineup. Yeah, and I, I, I think I point this out all the time when Nola pitches. But here's what, what I really love most about Nola: 137 strikeouts to 16 walks. Yeah, like, that's incredible. That's unreal. And he's got, and he's thrown 126 and two thirds innings too. I mean, he is, he, he just, he, Derek, he gets you into the seventh almost every single time. Yeah. That he pitches, man. I, I I give him a lot of props for that. He is a in a day and age when guys don't go deep, he goes deep a lot. Like I give you an example. Last out, he goes eight and a third. Before that, it's seven. Before that, it's seven and two thirds. Before that, it's seven, seven, eight, seven, eight. <clears throat> I mean, we're going back a lot of starts there where where he's got you to at least the seventh inning every single time. So for for a team that's overutilized the bullpen a lot because your other starters may not go deep. Noel is a guy who will take you deep. That's for sure. He's a, he's around the plate all the time. His breaking pitches are off the table. He has has such a great array of pitches and does a great job of setting you up, you know, and setting and keeping hitters off balance. And look, how many runs does he give up a game? When you know, when you look at when you look at the innings that you just mentioned that he's pitched over the last uh, whatever amount of games it was, how many runs is he giving up in those games? I, I I'll. I'll I'll tell you, he's given up none in his last outing. Okay. Hey, the, the St. Louis one, he fell apart in the seventh, so he gave up five. But before that, it was three, uh, four, one, none, two, none. I mean, yeah, it, it's he's you're always you in the game. Team in the game. It's right. You're yeah. always in the game, and that's all you can ask, you know. Yeah. And 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 that's why you know the, we keep talking about the deficiencies of this team, you know, from the bullpen inconsistency to the young guy, but they're here. You know they're they're not they're not they're not the uh, uh, Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs. You know they're not one of those teams, man. They're right there, 
Mm-hmm. And that's why I said if they can hold on, maybe have one pitcher, you know, if they can hold on. I, I like this team's chances. And if they get to the postseason, which I fully expect them to do, you know what? They're going to face the Mets. They're going to face the Braves. They're going to face the Dodgers. But in a short series, any and everything can happen. We can, we see it happen all the time. Any and everything can happen. They, they've, stood their, they've stood their ground against the Dodgers. They've stood their ground against Atlanta. They've had troubles with the Mets. I, I get that. But they, you know, if they have to face Atlanta and the Dodgers in the playoffs, they already have a track record of showing within themselves that, hey, look, we can hang with this team. Yeah. You know, we understand they have a better record, but we can hang with this team if we just apply ourselves a little bit more. And who knows? The sky's the limit. But you know, look, you're right on. And the other part, too, that, that has to be mentioned, you know, you shorten up the rotations when you're in the playoffs. Which oh, my means- goodness, yes. You know, you you you're rolling out Wheeler, Nola, and then hopefully Suarez is on the right path here because he's he's pitched well the, the two games since coming back from the back spasm. I mean, that's enormous. You're gonna be in any series if those three are or if that's if you can tighten it to that and it's only those three. If Schwarber gets hot again, Hoskin gets hot again, you got you got yourselves a series here. Well, yeah, so you you're doing this right now with those guys really in the in the throes of, of some struggles. There right? you I go. Mean, you know, you knew you, you knew uh, Schwarber wasn't going to be able to keep up the pace he was at. You knew that. You knew he was going to come back to earth a little bit. Um, exactly. And you know, with Hoskins, you got to live through the ups and the downs, man. I mean, he is either red hot or he really struggles. And sometimes those struggles carry over to the field for him. And I think that's where we're at right now. But like you said, all that being said, you're being picked up by the other guys. And look, famous last words, maybe Castellanos two hits carry over maybe he starts to chip away at this thing uh you know from from where it was uh, i don't know I, that i need that's prove it to me before i start buying into that come on rob no you, come on no. rob rob no rob not with him come on man come on <laughs> rob not the way this year's gone man i just can't do it man, i can't do it sorry you, you know i've seen a side of you it's the not hating you I, I rob I, I, the guy i thought i've known for 25 years is showing me another side that I never knew. You know what I can't, here's what I, which drives me crazy, right? Now this isn't even, I'm not saying it with you. We're, we're having some fun here with this, but the, the, I, I, the word hater drives me nuts. You can't be critical anymore. You can't try to look at something objectively. If you're not like pom-poming somebody, you know, or cheerleading somebody, right. you're a hater. Like when do we, when do we get there where there isn't any middle ground? Social media, baby. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, social, social media, you know, and that's why I say, Rob, a lot of the stuff I, I just laugh at, you know, um, all these people come out of the woodworks and social media to voice their opinion and to call people out, you know, because everybody's so perfect except the people they're attacking. So I don't even engage them. I just laugh at it. You know, I'm still going to do what I do and say, and say what I say, you oh, know, yeah, that's what, that's what we're here to do to be, a, we're, we're here to be objective first and foremost we're not hating on anybody. We're calling it as like we see it. And sometimes it goes against the grain of, of the fandom, but you know what? So be it. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I'm with you, man. And look, in our line of business, you, you got to be able to take it. You got to be able to have thick skin, but I think also, you know, as a fan, you would, you should want to hear an objective take on something and not just, you know, something that's almost like it's coming from the team where they're going right, right, to be right. over the top positive, even if it's not right. positive, you know what I mean? I, yeah. And I, that's just the way I view it. I, and I've always looked at it that way, even before I started doing this, 
You know? So, so do you let do you let people get to you on social media? I, I will say this: um, when it comes to social media, I, I think the best course of action is not to get into a debate with someone who's being nasty or trying to troll. In other words, like I, I think there are people that that ask legitimate questions, like, "Hey." I'm curious, why do you feel this way about uh, the Eagles offense? Or something? Th- That's fine. That's a give and take. It's healthy. But when somebody, you know, starts in with you and you could tell that they're just looking to get a rise out of you, the old adage is don't argue with an idiot. Don't engage. Don't engage is the way the, I approach it. The, the thing is, too, Rob, on social media, there are a lot of people out there that just want to talk to you to get some answers. And I get it. Yeah. And sometimes I will answer them, but then there's also the backlash you know, um, people want to jump in and they twist and turn what you say. Agreed. And it has forced me to rethink in terms of how I engage people. Like, you know, when it comes to like, when I, you know me, I like to put a lot of my grilling videos yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so that that's harmless stuff. But when it comes to X's and O's, people want to jump in and, and make it seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Now, I've covered the game for 43 years. I talk to people in, in the know in situations, you, you know, and I'm not saying I'm better than you, but I'm saying I've been doing what I do. Okay. For a reason, there's a multitude of us who do what we do um, and, and have had contacts and talk to people, but they would talk to you like you're some idiot off the street. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Those are the people I don't engage because once you engage them, then they keep it going. Then the other wolves, the other wolf pack wants to jump in as well. Right. See, um, so it, well it makes said. it difficult. It makes it difficult because a lot of people truly want to just talk. And, yeah, and it spoils it for the for the for the genuine, exactly. yeah. With, with it wants to have a give and exactly. take. I'm with you, and I and I I will err on the side of not even responding a lot of times. And unfortunately, it's the idiots who have done that to to for everybody else. So I I think you're right. I think it's a that's a good way to approach it. But you're right. There are things that we sometimes may know, may have access to, and and, and it forms an opinion that people either don't like, don't right, want to hear. Right, right. They don't have access to it, so they can't buy into it. You know, fine. Oh, well and good. Like I, I, we've said this many times. You and I are not ones who are just trying to get clickbait or just saying things to get a reaction. I, that doesn't exist in my vocabulary. I, I right, it doesn't, agree. It doesn't. I don't yes. need to. You know, my my history, my track record. I've covered the NFL coast to coast: Chargers, Packers, Steelers, Eagles, coast to coast. I've been consistent in everything I've done. I'm not going to change how I do things, how I approach things. My way has worked extremely well for me. You know, but all of a sudden words, you know, social media clickbait has jumped out there. And that's what everybody wants to jump on now, you know, trying to bring you out clickbait. I love that people have the nerve to ask you, oh, yeah, if you have a source, well, well tell us. It's not legit unless you tell us who your source is. How stupid can you be? Yeah. To think anybody me asking or anybody that else, understand it. Yeah. yeah me, uh, me or anybody else is going to reveal a source to you because you reveal that source. You don't have a source anymore. It's the, and, and you won't get any further sources. After nope. that, if you, nope. if you, if and, you, and you get calls from those sources, how do you betray me like that? How you do me in like that? Because those sources work for the team closely for the teams that right. puts a strain on their job structure within the team. Why am I going to do that when they're helping me to get a better understanding of who I'm covering? Why would I do this? Common sense. Yeah, right. Well, the, anybody asking you that doesn't understand the way it works, plain and simple. No, they understand uh, it. They just want to see if you're dumb enough to, 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 to take the bait. Oh, that too. You're right. You know, that that is that is part of it too. You, All right. So you're talking gonna... to the wrong person in that regard. Hey, by the way, um, I know it's almost time for us to go to commercial break. When we come back from a commercial break, I will have the hat spun around again because okay. Xander tells me I need to show the logo some more. I got to get the logo out there more. All so right. therefore, 
D Gun can't even be himself today. I gotta abide oh. by the company policy. Do you want to borrow the shirt? Me. You want to borrow the shirt, Derek? Yeah, I like do, that do shirt, bro. Okay. Yeah, okay. Where'd you get that shirt from? This is this is in this is from the '80s. This bad boy. I have preserved this thing for so years. So it doesn't exist. It, you can. I'm on sure the open can, market. It's not in the open market. No, no. Dang. Nope. nope. All right, quick timeout. Come back. The one and only, the travel dog himself, Brian Baldinger, will be joining us. Don't go anywhere. D Gun, Rob Ellis, Barrett off today. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number three of the program. Very excited to talk to our next guest. He does just an unbelievable job. And my man lives life 
to the fullest. He is. There's always an adventure when it comes to uh, Brian Baldinger, our next guest. Catch him out on the uh, NFL Network, many other platforms as well. Baldy, I need the excursions. Give me an excursion breakdown of this past summer. Where <laughs> Rob, how much time do you have? I mean, Baldy, come on, b- Baldy. Like, I mean, I, it, Baldy before you start. One excursion. Yeah, before you I'll start, just... Baldy, I have, to ask, I have to tell you this. I'm a little disappointed as I sit here and look at you right now <laughs> because I fully expected you to be swinging from a hammock with a pineapple drink in one hand and people fanning you with palm leaves. Gunner, Gunner, I did all that. We, we, that's all, we, we have accomplished all of that this offseason. <laughs> I will be at the Eagles morning practice tomorrow. It's I, I'm, I'm focused now, but, you know, two weeks ago today, I was in the Yucatan off the coast of Mexico swimming with it. whale sharks because I just always wanted to swim with whale sharks. So it was a good experience. Baldy does not get cheated, man. He does not get cheated in the game of life. I, I will just say that. that how, is, ma- uh, how many different countries have you been to? Uh, Colombia, Costa Rica, Panama, I, uh, Italy. I, I was in five this year. Five just this year. Just this oh year. All right, I've been, best, I've been uh, 68, though. I've been to 68 countries. 68, 68 countries. Wow. All right, Baldy, best scenery. We take that for however you want to take it, but the best scenery <laughs> is which country? <laughs> well, they, they have a beach in Costa Rica, Rob. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you just want to play the game of, you know, like who's a nine or who's a 10, <laughs> you could go to, you know, Playa Santa Teresa, and you could play that game all game, you know, all day long. Um, you know, they're just surfers and yogis, you know, that's kind of who's there from yeah. all over the world. So whatever, whatever floats your boat, you know, you I got can you. definitely, you can definitely run into them. I, uh, I trust your scouting reports when it comes to that stuff. Right? That, that's for sure. All right. I got to show you. So I got to get your reaction to this. Okay. okay. Because this was today <laughs> crazy. And this was, uh, this was Derek's guy making his first appearance at Packers camp today. Now I need, I need you to, you, you're a film guy. Okay. You, you study film quite a bit, but all right. All right Xander's going to bring this up for us. It's Aaron Rodgers uh, making his debut, doing his best. I think Nicholas cage. So here you go. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is that earlier... a set or is that Lambeau field? I'm telling you, I'm trying to figure out what the, is it con air? Is it Lambeau he, he, field? What, he's like... a poor, he's a poor man's Fabio. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. And he just drops the bag too, Baldy. That's a boss move. <laughs> I, I mean, th- does he just have handlers that pick his stuff up? <laughs> I mean, does he have MVP handlers? You know, like, you got all those kids out there riding the bicycles and carrying your helmet. Yeah. Is there a kid that's coming along on his little tricycle and going to pick up the bag for <laughs> for the MVP? Something quite, tells me that, 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 that wasn't happening. That's yeah. quite an entrance right there. That's unbelievable. That wasn't happening for you at Westchester back in the day, I don't think, Baldy, right? <laughs> no, I, I I still don't own that T-shirt. Uh, it's, it's not my, it's not it's my a tough one to pull off. Yeah, I, not I even it. when you're in the Yucatan on the beach. No, no. I just, I'd rather just go shirtless, Gunner. Like, I don't, I don't need anything on like that. Maybe a little bit of sunscreen, but I'm not a big fan of it. So you know, I'm just, I'm ready to go. Right. He, he is. Rogers is a different cat, man. Yeah. He is a whole different breed. <laughs> I remember I was talking to uh, one of his teammates this year. We were working out, and um, he's just telling me like. How like some days he just walks in the huddle and he's like, he's calling a play while he's just like picking grass off his shoelaces. 
Like, it's like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, he's just, his mind is someplace else. You know, it's like so deep in thought. I, I've often said, I think he could play at a really high level just in a tuxedo. Like, just like, I don't think he would get dirty and you wouldn't even know that it got mussed up. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. So I, I, I want to jump around a little bit, but actually, you know what, while we're at it, what are your thoughts on the Kyler Murray contract clause where they're forcing him essentially to do four hours of study away from the complex? Like my first reaction is if you don't trust him that much, don't give him that deal, man. Like, but where do you stand on that? Well, they, you know, the, 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 the clause though, Rob says f- a minimum of four hours a week. I'm saying yeah, what quarterback yeah. isn't spending four hours a exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. Forget about four hours a week. <laughs> I mean, four hours a day is like the minimum for some of these guys, the bare minimum. So like, I understand, you know, Ronnie Lott wasn't a film guy. I mean, there's some guys that just, you know, they're not film guys. They, 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 they use their instincts, but I don't know a quarterback that is good in this league that doesn't live in the film room and trying to find anything that they can use to their advantage in the upcoming game. Yeah. Not, not a good sign. I don't think for the Cardinals and that whole, that whole relationship there in Arizona, man. But um, let's talk some Eagles here, Baldy. I guess my first question would be regarding them for, for a team that looks like they, they did a hell of a job in the off season. How good does Hertz have to be? for them to be successful? Does he have to be marginally better than last year? Way better. I, and I mean, to if they're going to win a playoff game or two or get to an NFC championship game or beyond. Well, I think Rob, I mean, I think we would all agree. Gunner, you too on this. I would, yeah. I, I would, I would say last year that they were a very uh, schizophrenic team. You know, they started off, they looked like a big 12 offense. Then they pulled it in and became a running offense. And then they would forget about that and go to the Giants and stink it up or get to the playoffs and go to Tampa and not challenge Vita Vea and Adama Kitsu. So it, some of it, Rob, says, okay, Nick, let's, let's, let's get this identity thing figured out. And if, if Jalen is a big part of a powerful running attack, which I believe he should be, then I don't think he has to be great. I don't think he has to be, you know – a guy that's completing 70% of his passes and throwing for 4,000 yards. I think you can be in the 60, you know, 63, 64%, 3,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, you know, eight interceptions in that category and still be, you know, still be in contention to win the NFC East. But I kind of got to know what their identity is going to be because I, it was all over the place a year ago. Mm All right, Baldy, let me ask you this about Jalen then, because I know you watch a ton of film, and you've watched this kid throughout his career. From what you can tell, does he have the the makeup to take his game to an extremely next level or good enough to be a better manager of the game? I wouldn't say he's a manager. I mean, he's you know, he's he, he's the undisputed undisputed leader of the team. Everybody right. follows him. I mean, he's got great leadership qualities. That's a good thing. Um, I worry, Gunner, not just, you know, with Jalen, but there's a whole group of guys that have right. played this game right. where their instinct is to run when things break down around them. And the great ones, including Matt Stafford this past year, or Brady, the great ones have an ability to stay in there and take the hit mm-hmm. and deliver the ball, mm-hmm. you know, accurately. 
And I have to see that from Jalen. I haven't seen a lot of that. But I believe that if he just feels pressure and he's just going to roll out to his left and, you know, try to make something happen in a scramble drill, like I think there's a ceiling to that in mm-hmm. what you can do. We've seen that from Mike Vick. We've seen it from different guys. Carson had, you know, similar type traits at times. So I, I want to see him grow in the pocket, Gunner. Like, I know he can outrun a lot of his competition, and that's not bad. But if it's third and 12, you're not going to r- scramble for a lot of first downs. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find A.J., find Dallas, find Devontae. You're going to have to find these guys down the field. And you're going to have to make good reads and throw the ball on anticipation and timing. And that is a growth that I want to see from him this year. Baldy, that said, do you trust that or have you not seen Mm -hmm. enough or where do you stand on the Sirianni Steichen getting him to that next level where he is that guy that you're referring to? Well, if you remember last year in a couple of games, at least one for sure, like Nick was really hard on Jalen. And, you know, there was a, like a little, you know, dispute and it came out in the press conference and all that. And really, you know, Jalen wants that. He wants to be coached hard. He had all kinds of different guys at Alabama. He didn't, nobody coached him hard. He went to Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley coached him hard. He learned a lot from Lincoln. Doug Peterson was here, didn't learn a lot. Um, you know, he wants to be coached. He wants to be, you know, instructed. He wants to grow. And if that means uh, calling him out in a press conference or trying to settle things right on the field to, to, to stop it on a sideline, then do it. Because I think he's I think he's wired to handle it. As we know, <laughs> some guys aren't wired to handle it. Oh, that. yeah. Um, so, but I think he's wired to handle that. And I think he needs that. So I think he needs to be told, like, look, like the throw is there. Make the throw. And, like, sit down and, like, I want to see Shane this year the way Andy Reid sits down with Patrick Mahomes after every series mm. and go through the plays. Like this is a throw you got to make, you know, Jalen Like it, it's open. It, it, the curl's coming, like stay on it, like make the throw, uh, trust the receiver, trust the route, trust the, uh, the route combination. So I, I want to see that this year from him. Hey, hey Baldy, um, your, your thoughts on Jonathan Gannon. And, and now that he has, a better surplus of talent to play games with and, and better chess pieces. Do you expect to see a different style of, a, of attacking defense? Do you, you expect to see more read and react from this guy? I mean, you know, you know, Gannon be, better than I do. And, and, you know, so I wouldn't imagine, I, I would like to know what you think of what he's anticipating doing with a better crop of players now. Well, I hope, I hope we see something different Gunner. I mean, you know, if you remember that Kansas city game last year, I, Oh yeah, the safeties were lined up in Citizens Bank Park. Like they weren't even, <laughs> you couldn't even find them, you know. And so, like I, like I, you know, you, look, Slay wants to play press man. Yep. You, you can you can play him like that. Bradbury's been an excellent zone corner. Avante is just a pit bull. Like I think they've got guys that can play right now. I think they've got a an eight man front that can chase and get after the quarterback mm-hmm. way better than they did a year ago. So if you have a lot of those pieces, and I think Kazir White and I, I happen to like TJ at linebacker. Some mm-hmm. people don't, but I think that guy is a really good football player. But I, I, I think they're better everywhere. So if that's the case, like let's put these guys in positions where they can really challenge the opposition and not let Brady and Mahomes and some of these elite players 
just you if you back off on these guys, they're gonna carve you up. Like it's just it's just gonna carve you up. Like, so I want to see them press the line of scrimmage and challenge these guys more than they did a year ago. And that would be a good start if we could see that week one in Detroit. Well, do we make too much of the 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 varying fronts that the Eagles are going to use? I mean, I know they did it to an extent last year, but they have better personnel now. Do we make too much of that, or is that just kind of the way the league's going? Or are they going to be unique as much as they incorporate that? Well, I mean, I think that you know, there, there are some teams that are real multiple. Um, I th- he comes out of his Jonathan comes out of a, a scheme in uh, Indianapolis that was basically a four man front, four man zone behind it you know, rally to the ball, 10 guys to the football. I mean, you watch the Colts play defense. They've been a top 10 defense the last two years, and that's how they play. They've got excellent personnel. they got playmaking linebackers. I mean, they got – you know, they're they're stacked. So, I think the Eagles – I don't know if their personnel – I don't think they have a DeForest Buckner. You know, I don't – and they don't have a middle linebacker like Darius Leonard. But mm-hmm. I do think that they have excellent personnel this year. And so, I would expect them to see more in a four-man front, Rob. Okay. Then, you know, like I, I, Hassan Reddick can be a stand up linebacker. He can drop and all that kind of stuff. Hassan yep. Reddick's a better football player if he's going after the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, 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 I tend to think that they're going to be in a four man front with a four man rush probably, you know, 90% of the time. Hmm. And how do you incorporate Jordan Davis? How, how would you incorporate him into this scheme? Well, I mean, no, look, I, I, nobody loves Fletcher Cox more than me. Like, he looks exactly the same to me, Connor, today as he did 10 years ago when he got drafted. He's, he's ageless. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never had a health issue, always is in shape. But if you draft Jordan <clears throat> Davis with the 13th pick, like, just make the move. Mm-hmm. Like, make the move. Put him in there next to Javon Hargrave. Because what happens is if you bring Fletcher back and you pay Fletcher what you paid him, you're not going to have money to really re-sign Javon Hargrave, he's going to go back to Pittsburgh with Andy Weidel and you're going to lose a really good young player. Hmm. So like I thought, I didn't really agree with that move. I just think if you draft this kid with the 13th pick, play him, like literally play him. Now, if you've got Fletcher and Hargrave and you got all these Ridgeway, you got all these guys inside, Milton Williams, um, he's going to be part of a rotation. I'm anxious to see if he's on the field on third downs and what he gives you on third downs when you got to get after the quarterback. Hey, Baldy, what does the addition of A.J. Brown do in terms of opening up the field more in a passing game? Well, I think the first thing in just talking to Jalen about this um, this year is A.J. catches the ball with his hands. Yeah, He's got big, strong hands. Makes his shirt off. He looks like a freak. Oh, right? but, but he catches the ball with his hands, Gunner. He's the only receiver for the Eagles that do it. It, it bugs Jalen that guys use their bodies to, to catch it, even Devontae sometimes. Yeah. So what it does is it, it tells the quarterback the receiver trusts his hands. He believes in his hands. And it gives the defensive back less time to react. So that's that's number one. Um, he's excellent after the catch. You can throw, you know, the, the five-yard slants, you know, West Coast offense stuff. Throw the five-yard slant, and he can, he can go a long ways with it. You know, he's going to break tackles. He's really strong. He's good after the catch. Um, I just think quarterbacks have to discover, develop, believe in a go-to guy. There's just, you can't just sit there and read coverage every single play and just, okay, coverage can tell you where to go with the ball. All right. Well, there's disguises, things happen. 
you go up against elite defenses. You can't just always do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to go, I'm dropping back. And I'm giving it to you. You say it in the huddle. Randall used to do it. <clears throat> Freddie, just, I'm, I'm coming to you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's just moments in a game. You just got to make the play. And I'm coming to you, AJ. Like, if, they, if you get this look, I'm coming to you. Like, regardless of what the play is. Like, sometimes you just have to play that way. And the quarterbacks got to think that way. And I think AJ gives him that type of guy. Mm. Baldy, in, in looking at it, and you know, you you obviously played back in the day. We referenced when there were two a days, and it was crazy back then, and what everything went on. But you're also someone who's very much keeps up with the game in a modern way. The NFL's gone to extremes now, where they don't maybe put in the same kind of time on the practice field, and the Eagles probably take it to a different level. Does that concern you for this team that they're going to be ready to go out of the shoot to start the season? It does, but they do have two separate scrimmages this year, Rob. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to see him against the Dolphins down in Miami. Um, you know, how he believes in that. Uh, I think Nick believes in that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. So I think you get a lot of work in, you know, um, two days of really hard work before you play these preseason games, which I think can really benefit a team. Uh, especially with the restrictions that you have. Uh, I think the restrictions out there, Rob, like I believe in safety, but be honest with you, there was no Jordan Davis in the NFL when I played, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that animal didn't exist. So there's just Landon Dickerson didn't exist in the NFL when I was playing like, you know, 335 pound, just um, John Deere tractors, just they, they didn't, they weren't on anybody's offensive line. So, you know, a 385-pound Jordan Mulata didn't exist. So the game has changed. I think the safety things are good. But, you know, you got to figure out a way to get to work in so that you can really properly evaluate young players and make sure you don't miss out on somebody that might have a chance to really develop. Hey, Baldy, across the board, uh, the players obviously wanted to have less practice time, which they got in their latest collective bargaining agreement. But when you look at the abundance of injuries across the league over the last few years, how much of a disservice has it done to the players in terms of hardening their bodies, both mentally and physically, for the rigors that come? Uh, it's, a ma- it's a major disservice, uh, Gunner. I mean, you you all remember Andy Reid's first week of practice. Oh, yeah. I mean, we remember seeing Brian Westbrook tackled to the ground in that first week of practice where there was really an emphasis on conditioning the body and a lot of contact. Now, he backed off and all that. But that first week, I mean, back in the day, that was, you know, that was as about as, you know, tough and physical as you'd see anywhere in the league. And I think, you know, I, you just didn't see the type of injuries that you see now. Right. And so I think – I don't have studies and I'm not doing any studies, but I just know from playing in that type of environment that all of a sudden the soreness and, you know, the, the dislocated fingers or dislocated elbows, it goes away. It goes away and you toughen the body and you just don't see the number of injuries. I mean, we went years in Dallas Gunner without having an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Now, like these things are so prevalent. You, you like hold your breath every day they go out there. Yeah, you're right. Baldy, I see you're in the lab, man. So what what are we uh what are the charts behind you? What what are we breaking down today? What's uh what's on the agenda? Well, I've got a production call here for total access tonight in about 10 minutes. Okay. Um I've got my first week of travel right there. I'll be at the Eagles tomorrow, the Giants Thursday, Denver Saturday, Giants on Sunday, Jets on Monday, Buffalo on Wednesday. 
on and on and on. So like I'm on this training camp tour. So, um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's never a bad day. If you're just sitting in here and you just like throw a quarterback up on the screen. Like I was just watching Justin Herbert, like at 10 o'clock last night, just cause I had time. Yeah. And I'd already watched shark week. So like I, I Justin Herbert, <laughs> you know, he just has this, um, if anybody, if, if you haven't seen him just warm up and throw the ball live, you won't see a quarterback, I don't care what their name is, spin the ball any better than Justin Herbert. Mm. Like you can actually hear the ball whistle through the air. He's he's something to watch. So I just like going back and watching these quarterbacks and just because we're we've never seen an, an an age like we have right now. Yeah. With the the level of quarterback play that we get to watch. And as an analyst, when you get great quarterback play, like just get out of the way. Just mm. let those guys do the talking. Well hey, Baldy, now that, now that you brought up the AFC West, I mean, when you look at the wealth of talent they have at its quarterback position now and also pass rushers in that division, who emerges as king of the hill when it's, when the dust settles in that division now? Uh, you know, I, I know we're a little bit partial, but I, I can't go against Andy Reid hmm. and Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, was just, I just looked this up yesterday. You know, Patrick Mahomes has never lost a road division game what? since he went to Kansas City. He's 13-0. Really? Wow. On the road in his division. Like, think about it. You go into Denver, you go, you know, the Chargers, you know I mean, all, all those places. He's never lost a division game. Wow. So, you know, he's, he is, uh, he's, he is, uh, 16 and one against the Broncos and the Raiders. Damn. 16 and one. Like, Ooh. the Raiders beat him once. Broncos have never beaten him. Like, they have, I mean, look, even before there was Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid was taking the Chiefs to the playoffs. Six straight years now. Like, we, yeah. we've seen a dominance, almost almost like what the Patriots did in their division. You know, that's, that's, that's incredible. So, look, like the Chargers are probably the, the, the closest competition to them. They have beaten them a couple times. But to me, it's still Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Baldy, uh, last one. If they're – a team that's maybe teetering that you feel like is being overhyped or underhyped either way. Is, is there a team you look at that maybe, you know, is going to surprise some people. It could be anybody take your pick Miami. I don't know. Is there anybody you, you see in that boat? Well, I do. I do see Miami taking a big jump. I'm a big, like when I, you know, my, I like Mike McDaniel, you know, there's a term of year, but it's like revenge of the nerds, you know, with Mike, you know, like he doesn't look like a football coach. He doesn't right. sound like one. But damn it, if he if he doesn't come out of a film room with ideas that nobody else really understands, like he is, like they, they get the talent is there, but I expect Miami to be very good this year. I don't know if they're good enough. Like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo just wipes them up like ridiculous what they do to them. But I expect Miami to be a playoff team this year. All right, Baldy, I got two quick questions before I before I'm done with you. First of all, what do you make of the Deshaun Watson situation? How many th- games do you think he's going to get? And, how, and, and, you know, for, for Cleveland to give him that kind of money, man, you talk about spinning the roulette wheel on their season. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they, they, I don't know what to, to, to expect. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the league is thinking. Um, I hear all the rumors, like you've heard all the rumors about what could happen. I know this, you know, the day that they, they signed Deshaun Watson to a 230 million guaranteed dollar contract. They signed Jacoby Brissett the next day. They signed him to be the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jacoby is. He's a backup quarterback. He's he's 14 and 23 as a starter. He's on his fourth team in seven years. He's a backup. 
we, you know, it's, it's not a knock. There's been a lot of backups that have made a great career in this business, you know, and um, mm-hmm. been paid and had a great career. Like, that's what Jacoby is. And if he has to start a majority of the season, they sign Josh Rosen, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot of hope for Cleveland this year, regardless of what happens. No. Baldy, listen, man, we, we appreciate it. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, that final question. Sorry. I, I got to ask you about this one because Bill Belichick rarely gives out accolades to anybody, but he came out and said Mac Jones is really taking that next level. When you look at a Mac Jones, you look at what he did last year, 22 touchdowns, 13 INTs. He, he broke the rookie record for consecutive completions by a rookie. Could Mac Jones be that next great quarterback? He's different. You know, like if you ever watch him on the sideline, Gunner, like you'll see him sometimes like he's just staring in space, not even blinking. It, it's bizarre. I asked him about it. He said he, it's a meditation thing that he uses. Mm-hmm. And it, it calms his mind and it kind of cleans the slate. So last year he threw two pick sixes, one to Trayvon Diggs and one to Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. So you throw a pick six, you put your team in a hole, and he came right back. Next play after that Trayvon Diggs, Pick, he throws, you know, he throws a, a 75-yard touchdown pass the next play. Like, he has this ability to just eliminate a bad play and get on with it. Um, I don't think he has a big arm. I don't know how much that comes into play, but he is a winner. He's, he is a winner. You know, his a big part of his agency is right here in Philadelphia. A lot of his promote promotion staff. So I've seen these guys around every once in a while. But I actually, to this day, I'm shocked the 49ers didn't take him with the third pick. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and, and, and Baldy, they've made it known. It, it's Trey Lance's game now. They're trying to trade Garoppolo. Right move? Well, I you, you know, you, you you trade up twice. You up three number one draft picks to get to the number three pick, and you, you take the guy. Mm. The clock is ticking. You got five years right. to make this work. You got to get him on the field. And it's hard to win games for the young quarterback. He has started a total since he left high school. He has started a total of 19 games. Wow. Since he left high school, like he just hasn't played a lot of football. He threw seventy-one passes last year. Yeah, like you got to let this kid play and take his lumps if there are lumps. But I, I, you know, to think that he could just come out and you know take a team to an NFC Championship game, I, you know, I just don't think that's that's going to happen right now. I, I think he's there's a big learning curve to what he's going to do. Mm. Baldy, we appreciate it, man. Again, Thank follow you, him on Twitter at Baldy NFL, NFL Network, Fox Sports, Compass Media, uh, Odyssey as well. Baldy, you're the best, man. Take Thank care. Thank you, bro. Safe all, travels. All the best. All right, that's Brian Baldinger. He's got to hop onto a production meeting, so we we we, <laughs> we appreciate him giving us a couple Whoops. minutes today, man. He's the man. Baldy's the guy. He is. Uh, he's always fun to to talk to. He's got a great. I, I'm telling you, Gunner, this dude. When it's not look, when it's football season, he is locked it, in. Yep, yep. But when it's not. He goes out there and has some fun, man. And he's locked in when it's not oh. also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 68 yeah. countries? Wow. That's incredible. He's not going to be one of these guys in an old age, like, with regrets that he didn't, uh, no, you know, get no. out of the house and do his thing. You know, that's no, for he's sure. swimming with killer whales, dolphins. Amazing. Jeez. You know, incredible. Incredible. All right. So let's do this. Let's do a quickie. We'll come back. Uh, we'll we'll hit a bunch of different things. There's some NFL stuff that's kind of weird. We got some good movies on this date, birthdays, uh, big Phillies thing on this date as well. A bunch of other stuff that we will get to. We'll continue with the football talk as well. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis, Barrett's off today. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the polls. 
and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Football, football, welcome back in everybody. Sports take on this Tuesday. Hope you're doing well out there. Eagles uh, reporting for camp today. All teams reporting for camp today, and they will uh, be on the field tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis Barrett off today. So, Gunner, a couple little odds and ends from the NFL. Chris Carson has retired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good career. You know, solid, real solid running back. Uh, you know, never a, a superstar, but. Had, had to retire at a young age due to injuries. So yeah, you, you, you start to see more and more young players get out, man. Um, they all talk about quality of life and, you know, they were gladiators for as long as they, they, they felt competitive and, you know, kudos, you know, some guys hang on too long just for a paycheck. Uh, others physically can't go anymore. Like a Chris Carson, you look at Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola uh, had teams that still wanted him to play for them. He decided to bow out recently as well. Yeah, You know, it's nice to be able to ride off into the sunset on your own terms 
um, instead of saying to yourself, you know what, I need to keep playing because I need to make some more money because you maybe have mismanaged your money early in your career and you just want to make that extra buck. But, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of this now, man. People, These athletes are, are really concerned about quality of life after the game is all said and done. And so kudos to them for, for getting out when they decide they want to get out or knowing when they need to get out. Yeah, especially if you've you know made your money. In, in some cases, you're you're going to try and stick it out if you can't. But right, right. Um, interesting. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch meeting with the media today. Yep. Derek basically saying, "Hey, look, we've moved on to Trey Lance. You know, it, it's we're going to try and move Jimmy G. There's no guarantees we're going to be able to get a deal done. But you know, we're they're making no. There's no bones about it anymore. It's Trey Lance's team now. Well, and now all of these veteran players who've played at a high level, who've played in big games, are looking at Trey Lance, and there's even more pressure on him now. It's his show. Yep. You know, he didn't he didn't ask to be drafted where he was. You know, this this organization felt he was the right guy to carry this team to the next level. They had gone as far as they could possibly go with Jimmy G. And so now it's all on him. And it's going to be interesting because the 49ers have everything else they need to be a successful team and to challenge the, the Rams out west. Now you've got the inexperienced quarterback that could hold things back, or he may shock the world, and, it, and his game might be even more accelerated than we're anticipating. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, uh, you know, Baldy makes a great point, though, man. What, 19 games since high school? That's crazy. Whoa. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's, that's a huge learning curve, man. And that's the thing, Derek. They're, they're not, it's not like they're some rebuild team. Like, this is a team with high expectations, man. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago yeah, against man. Kansas City. So they got, they got everything you need to do offensive line, tight end, running backs, D line. They got all these first round draft picks on defense. You know, um, they're a physical team on both sides of the football. These guys, especially some of the older guys with 31, 32, you know, they don't want to wait a few years for a quarterback to develop. They want to win now. They know the clock is ticking on their careers. And if they're not going to win now, hey, you should have told me that before that you know, I'd, I'd have had you send me somewhere else. Right. Or have a chance to win. Right. Yeah. They, th- this whole thing has been weird, right? The whole handling of this has been strange. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and I understand Garoppolo's injury complicates it, but why is he still there at this point when there's so know. few options for the team to move? I get Seattle and whatever. And, you know, so there's other teams maybe, but not a lot of options for, for the kind of money he's making, too. Well, you know, if, if, if you're talking Jimmy G, okay, so if, if he's deemed healthy whenever he is, I think the perfect place for him would be Seattle. Yeah. But does the do, do the 49ers want him going up there and basically can spill the beans on everything that they do offensively? In division, you know? right. I mean, in a division, you want, to, you want him in your division? But it may come to a point, they're just going to have to let him go. If nobody's out there willing – if everybody's sitting back, you know, waiting to see, let's see uh, how long it takes for him to heal up. Well, that's putting a lot of pressure on the 49ers to get him out of there so there's no distraction for Trey Lance to do what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to come to a point where you're just going to have to let him go and he can go wherever he wants to go, which means he could uh, end up in a place like Seattle. Now, obviously, yeah. Jimmy G wants to put himself in a position to win, but there are not many starting openings unless you go down to Houston. I don't think he wants to go to Houston. That's a complete rebuilding process. I don't think he wants to go and battle Justin Fields in Chicago. That team's a mess right now. He wants to put himself in a position to possibly win. And with the receivers they have in Seattle, DK Metcalf um, and, and Lockett, mm-hmm. um, he could be in a good position up there offensively in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that's of those options you just gave out. Oh, my goodness. It's not even close. No, yeah. no. Yeah. It's not even close. 
So uh, a couple little other odds and ends. We showed it earlier. Xander, uh, give, give me the uh, the orange uh, alternate bears, if you could, please. Uh, we'll, we'll show that the folks who maybe weren't with us early on in the show. Of course, this has been the trend here. You know, from the NFL, they've uh, they've gone with the alternate, the third jersey, if you will. And the Eagles, we know, are going to go with the black helmet, Derek, which I thought looked good. You know, when, when I do they, too. That, that black helmet is sharp, dude. Yeah, it was sharp. And, and we've seen it, you know, the other one. I really, the one that really g- jumped out at me. Yeah, we could show that, Xander, if you have it ready to roll. Um, I just, I don't, I, it feels too Bengals. I'm sorry. It just feels too Bengals to me. Or I, Clemson. I think C, yeah, the C, or Clemson. The C looks good. I get that, but. I, I, you pointed out earlier, I would rather they go the white route that, that Cincinnati yeah, went yeah. with the helmets, which I thought was just – the best one to me was the Cincinnati white helmet that stood out. Dude, the if, if they had gone with that white helmet that I saw with that you know with that, that C on it and maybe the dark uniform, like the Navy, that Navy blue with the orange trim on it, yeah. um, that would have been so sharp. But the fact – this is matter of fact, this is the only alternate combination – that I don't like that we've seen it. Like Same. I said, off the top of the show, 14 teams will have alternate uniforms and alternate helmets for the season. This is the only one I don't like. And I don't know why they came up with the orange. I mean, I know orange has always been in the color scheme. Yeah. I don't know why they came up with the orange as a prominent helmet. For that matter, it could have gone with a dark helmet with a white C on it. You know, and that would yeah, be that would look good. That would look good. But the orange? Nah, nah. I don't know. That's why they're a mess. They can't make decisions. Yeah, I. Man, if there's a team that looks like they're doomed for this year, I, I if you had to look at it, I, I would say Chicago. Uh, I don't think Seattle's going to be good. Maybe Jimmy G, if he ends up there, could change their fortunes a little bit. But, um, at, you know, I don't like the Giants, although I like Dable. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would say, though, anybody else? Atlanta, I think, is going to be bad. But I would put them in, like, my bottom three if I was doing a bottom three would be those teams. Here's the thing that worries me about, about the Giants, though. And, and, and I think Dabo's a good coach, and he's got some green, grooming to do, and they've got some growing to do. But the Giants play the Eagles tough, and you know, and I think they're, they're going to play them tougher with a more imaginative offense, yeah. you know, because Dabo is really good at being a creative in the offensive scheme and misdirection and all that stuff. And I think they're going to be a problem. You know, we all, we all consider the Giants the bottom feeders in the division and the conference, for that matter. You know, just above maybe the Bears uh, in that regard, but I think I think that's the team that's going to give this Eagles team, and and they're going to give Dallas and Washington a problem as well. Oh yeah, no, you look those division games are, are never easy, and it's always kind of ugly. Even yep. if the, the, yep. you know a team is is much better than the other, it's never yep. it's never an easy thing. Um, that's for sure. All right, did you see this one? So Darius Leonard, who's a stud linebacker for the Colts, the guy's an absolute uh, beast. He wants to be called Shaquille now. Yeah. Which is what his family calls him? Yeah. Well, um, why not? Well, I mean, why not? We, we, you know, we why are we play- just hearing about this now? Well, I mean, you know, players players have changed their names in their career. Basketball, yeah, what, Meta, meta World? Jeez, meta uh, World you know, Peace. Meta yeah. World Peace. I mean, Ron Artest. You know, so, um, you know, if that's what he's comfortable with, and considering the his his, his level of play, you can call be called whatever you want, dude. As long as you put, bring it on the field like you've done for throughout your career, you know, it, it's going to take some getting used to. And I guarantee you, there's a faction of people that will never call him Shaquille. He'll always be Darius. But you know, if that's what he wants to be called, so be it for him, man. I have no, I have no problem with that. I you know? I, I just re- I remember when our buddy Trey Thomas wanted to be William. 
that right. lasted for maybe a, a season. minute, a minute. Yeah. Not even a season. And everybody kept calling Trey. him Trey. Yeah. You know, it's like me, you know, there's Gunner and then there's, you know, D gun. I, I mean, I know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I knew you were going to swing it back to that. I know. Yes, it's, it's no, it's, I have no problem with that. Do what feels good for you. Okay, whatever, whatever works for you. I got. Yeah, it. there you go. Um, all right. So, a couple things. You know what? I need one more time though, too, Xander. Mm. If you could give us the Aaron Rodgers arrival, I I need this one more time. We mm. we we played it off the top with Brian with Brian Baldinger, but I will give Rodgers this. He gives no, you know what, Scudder? Okay, none. Absolutely none. Hey, by the right. way, just an FYI, Brian Westbrook, B West, will be joining Dan Cilio on the National Football Show coming up a little bit later. So you want to – you just keep it right in, right here locked in, man. Don't go anywhere. B West with uh, with Cilio coming up. All right, here it is. Xander, you give it to us. Give us a little A-Rod doing his best Nicolas Cage and Con Air impersonation, rolling in. And the best is the, the, the Packers sent this – in slow mo, we didn't slow this down. This is the way they sent it. How about this? I mean, what a, what's going on? Here, Look at this. Man? He's got the chest pumped out, the hair flowing in the breeze, and then the bag drop. Drop the that's it. That's it. That's some Clint Eastwood stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. That and then look at the look. <laughs> that's, I, that's the Clint Eastwood. This go, dude is I, a different cat, man. Whether you like him or not, that's a different dude, man. Uh, Can you imagine covering Aaron Rodgers every day in practice? I go back and oh, forth on goodness. him. There are times where I'm like, I just need a break from them sometimes. And then there are other times I just get a kick out of them. And, and today's a get a kick out of them kind of day. It's it's one of those days. I can see you doing something like that, Rob. Maybe that's how – when the Eagles play September 11th, I'll give you a little video before the show as I walk down to the to the refrigerator be, I call be, the studio. You're going to be you be in your tank top, some cut-off shorts? I don't maybe. think I'll be in my tank top, but I might give you something. <laughs> tank top and I aren't on the same page. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, don't, we don't operate the same way. Um, all right. So Gunner, this date, 22 years ago, the year 2000, listen to this awful trade. Are you ready for this? All right. So the Phillies now, listen, it had got to the point where you had to move them, but, but anyway, Phillies traded Kurt Schilling to the Diamondbacks. Here's, here's the list of players they got back. Travis Lee, Vicente Padilla, Omar oh, yeah. Dahl, and Nelson oh, Figueroa. I remember That's what they that. got back. Uh, for a guy who would be in the Hall of Fame had he not been such a whack job. I know. Damn. One of the most clutch postseason pitchers. No question. That have ever lived. That's right. And that's what they got back for him. No question, dude. You talk about a heist. That was a heist. Well, right that, there. They needed masks when they when they Oh made my that goodness, game. man. Well, Padilla, Padilla wasn't that bad here, was he? Oh, I mean it wasn't that bad, Rob. Come on, man. Like you give me something. No, no, no Travis Lee didn't want to be here. Dahl was a mediocre reliever. Figaro was like a tweener between a starter and a, and a reliever. And Padilla was kind of the only good thing that came out of Padilla was the Padilla flotilla, which was what, like part of the uh, the people they put out in the stands, like the wolf pack and all that craziness. Uh, what an Come awful on, man. Oh, just a long line of bad trades, man, in, in Philadelphia sports. We've had so many over the years, I will tell you. Oh, man. Oh my God! All right, so let's do some uh, some birthdays today. Actually, uh, uh, this is a darn good list today on July twenty sixth. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, Mick Jagger, seventy nine years old. I mean, arguably the greatest front man that's ever lived. Okay. Uh, Jason Statham, who I think we're both fans of. Oh, I'm a huge fan of his. That he dude's, is a bad that dude. dude's fighting somebody, breaking something, blowing something up. 
Jason Statham, I, I don't care. He can play in the movie Cinderella. I'm watching him because you know somebody's going down in that movie, man. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He like Vin awesome. Diesel. You know, there's always something going to be blown up or flipped over or something. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, he, Jeff- I thought he was great in the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. He was. Jason Statham has been great in that franchise. And, and plus, if you look at the last one, uh, Fast and Furious 9, He's in a trailer, so that means he's going to be back in another one whenever they bring it out. I'll watch anything he's in. If I'm flipping around and it's one exactly. of his movies, I'll watch exactly. it. So I think that's you know tells you all you need to know. Anyway, um, Jeremy Piven from Entourage. Oh yeah, fifty-seven years Great old. Great series. Phenomenal. Uh, funny, funny story. So he he starred <laughs> in a movie that my buddy wrote and produced called Last Call. And it's about a guy who grew up in the Philadelphia area. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's called Last Call. Okay. Jeremy Piven is the Never star. seen that one. Um, Kate Beckinsale, 49 years old. She's been in a lot of stuff, Kate Beckinsale. Uh, the Underworld series. I, I, you know, that's yeah. what jumps out to three, the three Underworld uh, movies. I thought she was great in that series. Yeah, very good. Sandra Bullock, who's been in a million different, including, you know, I mean, uh, was Speed, you know, one of the all-timers. Yep. Yep. You know, and, but she's been in a ton of stuff. That's just to name, you know, one, uh, 58 years old, uh, Dorothy Hamill, former yes, figure skater, old medalist. That's right. One of the all timers. Dude, do it. Boy, she's went, she's gone through a lot. Um, after her career, three Has marriages, she? uh, she's, she's openly talked about having, um, chronic depression. And, uh, now her daughter is dealing with the same thing. I, think, oh, I believe man. she has just one daughter and, you know, you talk about what a, what a great career she had. And then you look at the things she's battled uh, since life after skating. Uh, wow. But bottom line, you know, she's written a couple of books. Um, she's still here to tell the story. And that's the most important thing. Hey, good for her. And she's, she's public with it, trying to help people. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Um, well, it's Delonte West, former St. Joe's Hawks. Speaking of a guy who's man. gone through a lot. What, a, sa- what a sad state of affairs, man. It's a shame. You know, it's a shame. And, and I give Mark Cuban credit. Uh, Phil Martelli, his former coach, these guys have really tried to help him along the way. Um, but it's been a, a real struggle, man. A real first struggle. time, first time I ever saw that video of him basically homeless and in handcuffs on the streets. I was like, that can't be the same guy we watched and we awed when he was in college and, and, and early on in his NBA career, man, you wonder how in the world could have gone so bad so quickly for him. I hope he fully recovers, man. I really do. Um, because wow, you hate to see anybody down and out like that. I mean, that's that's bottom of the bottom. When, you yeah. know, when you get that low. No, no question. It is sad. I didn't, did you have any other birthdays? Did I miss any? Uh, let's see. Who did you? Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Okay. House of Cards, which was yeah. a great series. Good actor, but a lot of good, uh, lot going on there. Away from uh, the camera. I thought one of his better roles was when he was in a movie Seven with uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, it's a great movie. Great movie, man. And, and you know, for all the great movies he's been a part of, I thought that was one of his great roles as a uh-huh. villain. Uh, he, look, he's an a, he's a really good actor. He's had a lot of stuff off off the camera. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not good, but yes. I got another one for you, Stanley Kubrick. You know, one of the greatest uh, director, writers in the history of the, the uh, film industry. You know, uh, The Shining, Clockwork yeah. Orange, Clockwork two phenomenal Orange. movies. Yeah. You know, uh, he passed away back in uh, 1999. But what a great career oh, that innovator. Stanley Kubrick had. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Yeah, they're good. All good. All good. All right. So a uh, couple other little little odds and ends here. Oh, I, got a, I got a better one for you. Oh, I forgot oh. about this one. Go ahead. July 26th, 1992, Nolan Ryan 
struck out his 100th batter. And you say, okay, pitchers strike out 100 batters by accident every year. But it was the 23rd consecutive season that Nolan Ryan struck out a minimum of 100 batters. And in 92, he was 45 years old when he did it. Oh, my God. Forty. He finished with 157 strikeouts that year. And I looked at some of his numbers. You know, he played for four different teams, eight-time All-Star, 11-time uh, led the league in Ks, uh, a record seven no-hitters. Did you know he had a no-hitter at the age of 43? Incredible. I mean, Derek, the, the most amazing. amazing thing, this guy was a power pitcher at into his 40s, into his almost mid-40s. I he mean, was the Tom, Brady, the Tom Brady of baseball is basically yes. what he was. <clears throat> but here's what's phenomenal about Nolan Ryan. Now, at 45, you're thinking, okay, he's lost the juice, okay? In 1993, he announced he was going to retire after that season. So late in the season, he tears a ligament in his elbow, I believe it was. Okay. Before he left the mound, he tried to throw one. He threw one more pitch after he tore the ligament. The pitch was clocked at ninety-eight miles an hour <laughs> with a torn ligament. With a torn ligament in his arm. He, yeah, ninety-eight miles an hour. Now he had to, he he retired prematurely. He 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 would have had two more starts that year to finish off his career. Jeez. But the dude finished with like over fifty-seven hundred strikeouts. Insane. Yeah, he was he was. He's a freak. He is a a, a like phenom. Like it, I, I don't even know how to even describe. He had the, the most compact, perfect, yes. technical delivery of a pitch. Everything was lower body. Everything was driving off the legs, and that's the way they teach you to do it. He was incredible. You know, you know one of the things that really jumped out at me about Nolan Ryan's career was when he was in his he was forty two or forty three. And he hits Robin Ventura, who was with the White Sox. Yes, yes. And Ventura rushes the mound. And Nolan Ryan catches him and puts him in a front headlock and hits him six times before yeah. anybody could get to him. Yeah. And after the game, Nolan talked about how nobody could move him. I mean, this man was like rock solid yeah. even at that age. They couldn't move him. Robin Ventura couldn't get away from him, couldn't move him. And he said that's how he learned to hold, hold, hold Kyle when they were going to brand cows back in the day when he's growing up in Texas, you put him in a front headlock. Oh. I'm thinking it's a wonder he didn't choke Robin Ventura to death. I'm telling you, man, he like <laughs> how, how Ventura was like 25 and, yeah. and Nolan Ryan was in his 40s. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's oh, amazing, man. That is, yeah, he was, he was just, he was just different. I mean, some dudes are just, and this is, I, I, maybe he, he, dipped into it a little bit, but most of his career was pre-steroids, you know, pre-HDH. I'm just right. I'm not saying he was doing I'm just saying, like, you know, obviously, you know, that guy wasn't involved in some yep. of the stuff that was yep. uh, exactly were going on. But, yeah, no, well, you know, one of the all-time greats. All right, movies. So we got some good ones today. Um, Wolverine. Yep. Oh, Hugh Jackman. One of my all-time favorites. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which That's is uh, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and, and that one. crew. Uh, that was a uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Excellent movie. Um, Austin Powers, Gold Member. Okay. As well. That was part of the uh, that that series. And then Little Miss Sunshine, which was solid. It's it's I kind didn't of see a, that one. Yeah. Steve Carell. It's not it's it's good. It's a little under the radar. Dude, think about how many movies we've watched in our lifetime. Oh. The wide array of movies from from the gangster movies to the shoot 'em ups to, the, in my case, a lot, I like a lot of the martial arts type movies. Back, you know, Bruce Lee, Sonny Chiba, yeah, right. and even some of these guys, you know, that are out there now. You know, um, you know the love stories, uh, the great the great human efforts. You know, triumph triumph type stories, triumph right. over tragedy. Dude, I'm thinking, 
How much time have I wasted in my life watching movies? I, listen, man. Jeez. <laughs> well, it, look, if it's a good movie, you're not wasting your time is the way I look at it. Well, I always think, Rob, there's something better I could be doing. No, I, I listen. You know? I hear you. Hey, let me give you some uh, yeah. Eagles coaching staff promotions. Okay. okay. Um, Denard Wilson is the defensive passing game coordinator slash defensive backs coach. Okay. Jeremiah Washburn, who is Jim's Jim Washburn's son, yep. is the defensive ends and outside linebackers coach. Coach Alex Tanny, Alex Tanny, excuse me, is the assistant quarterbacks offensive assistant. Tyler Scudder, a Scooter, it's S C U D D E R, defensive assistant. Eric Dickerson, not that Eric Dickerson, offensive quality control. Uh, Scott Kanicki, administrative assistant to the head coach, who is a new hire. So there you go. Okay. All right, a couple other little odds and ends. As they, I guess they have to do this every year when once camp starts, though right, they right. make those announcements um, in Eagles camp. So that was a uh, get, get you caught up because, like I, we were saying earlier, so the way today works is the players report, they get their physicals. Six o'clock, there's a team meeting tomorrow morning. Nick Sirianni meets with the uh, with the with the media. Um, I think it's before practice starts. Actually. Yeah, it's, I think it's like nine forty a.m. or something like that. Yeah, then and the team starts yeah. practice at ten. Right, right. And the team starts practice at 10. And, yeah. and generally, the the way that he's going is 90 minutes, maybe an which hour is, and 40. Which is, which is crazy. I mean, really obviously, crazy. you don't want you don't want anybody to get hurt early on. Yeah. You got to get players loosened up. I, I just can't get used to these practice schedules now, man. Yeah, I do. And Baldy pointed this out. I like the fact that they have the two open practices. at. They're both away, unfortunately, for fans. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. be able to see it. Not that they would anyway, but. Uh, at Miami for two, at Cleveland for two. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the one open practice, and that's the only one that the, the fans may get some access to see. So you used to have three or four. Now it's down to one? Wow. Yeah, to me, like, I would try to give the fans at least two. At least. Yeah, yeah. One kind of maybe the middle of camp, and then one towards the end maybe before your final cuts or before preseason game or whatever, I, right, however you want to right. parse it out. But anyway, uh that's going to do it for us, man. We we, we got to rock and roll. So it We're was done. fun today. Yeah. And we, you can hey, check hold out. On, the hold pod. on just a second. Oh, he's going backwards again. Hat backwards again because he's a rebel. You are a rebel, Derek Gunn. You're yeah, a rebel. Xander, Xander can't tell me what to do, man. I got I'm you. Gunn. Can't tell I got me what you. to do. All right. Full podcast of Brian Baldinger and John McMullen mm-hmm. at jacobsports.com, Jacob Sports YouTube Media. We're back at it tomorrow. I think Barrett's with us. So it should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Allegedly. Stream. We'll According see. to the text. We shall see. I want to thank Xander Krause for producing the program. Don't go anywhere. Dan Cilio's got Brian Westbrook, so you don't want to move with the National Football Show. We will see you guys tomorrow. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11.